listen, dude, I need your help. Hey, what? Well, we know each other. Why are you talking to me like that? Oh, I didn't realize it was you, Cody. What's up, man? Hey, uh, what's up? I didn't know you worked here, but I need, do you, do you guys have boogie nights? Oh, you mean like the porn movie? Dude, stop, don't stop, stop, stop. What? But yeah, that's the one, the one with Mark uh, Wahlberg, Marky Mark. Yeah, you've never <laughs> seen it? No, I haven't. I, oh, so you're <laughs> in for a treat. I know, I've heard a lot of great things, and that's why I'm kind of, keep it on the DL? Keep it on down, though. You are in for a treat, my friend. Dude, do you want to watch it with me? A big treat. Do you want, yeah, I mean, you want to watch it with me? Yeah. All right, maybe we can record a podcast about it again, too. I don't know. Hey, yeah, I mean, why not? We could do the sequel. Yeah. Midnight Reel Part 2. The Electric Boogaloo. Let's fucking do it, so dude. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Oh, damn What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode two of the Midnight Reel, the whole package. I'm one half of your host, Brendan, joined by my other half, Cody. What's up, everybody? And today we're going to be talking about the Paul Thomas Anderson film Boogie Nights uh, from 1997. Yes. Classic. I, th- I To me, it's a classic. <laughs> I just seen it. It's my it was my first time seeing the movie here, watching it with Cody. Um. I don't know, you want to say a few words about the film, Cody? Oh, absolutely. Um, I love Boogie Nights. I, I, you know, as you know, I've seen the film. I mean, a few times. I haven't seen it like religiously, probably as much as some people have. But I have seen it quite a few times. Uh, as you know, I'm a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. I'm a big fan of a lot of his work, and yeah, I love this film. So, yeah, I mean. There's a I, there's a lot to love about it, dude. There's there, a lot to there, love. About there's a it. lot to love about it, and there's a lot of love making in it. I will say too. Um, yes. I, but I, before we get into all the love making and everything of the film, um, I will say that we watched it for the we we decided we were going to do it after the thing, and we watched it the first time. I came home and I slept on it for a night because I was like, what a movie. Like, I can't believe I just saw everything I just saw with all those people on the screen. Mm -hmm. And then I watched it again um, a few days later with my brother and his girlfriend. They watched it for the first time, too. And they were like, whoa, this is a real movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then um, and then I just I don't know, man, the more I watch it, like it just it gets better every time. And like it doesn't get boring to me. I've no. watched it since we watched it the first time. I've watched it three other times now. Yeah, it flows. It, it flows so well. And it carries such an energy within the film mm-hmm. with it. It's just it, it oozes off the screen. And that's why it's, you know, it's uh I, I'm unsure of the exact runtime, but I know it's well over or around two, a little over two and a half hours, I believe. Yeah. And it plays like it, it's a smooth two and a half hours. It plays. Yeah. It doesn't like feel it like feels it feels much less. Yeah. It just plays easy. There's there's a there's an ease to it. it it's energetic the entire time mm-hmm. it keeps. And I think part of that. Uh, is the the film work, the camera work. It keeps you in it 
it keeps you energized. It keeps you coming around. There's always things going on and you're like peeking in on like all of these people's lives at this, you know, within this uh, one particular time. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it's just the way that PTA does a lot of his shots uh, we're going to really dive into that. Yeah, we're going to... But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. no, no, you're fine. We're both really excited to talk about this movie. <laughs> I'm glad. I mean, I love this movie so much. I just, just the, just what it's about and the themes of it and how they all tie together and, and like Paul Thomas Anderson PTA makes it work. It's mm-hmm. like so cool. But uh, just so real quick before we get into the nitty gritty of it all, um, this is going to be a full deep dive discussion of Boogie Nights, so we will be spoiling the movie. We'll be talking about everything that happens. So if you haven't seen it and you want to listen to the podcast, I definitely recommend giving this a pause and going to watch the movie and then coming back when you're done. And as another disclaimer. Explicit language. Very explicit language. Um, it's, it <laughs> happens every episode, so, I mean, obviously this is only episode two, but um, <laughs> it's going to happen every episode, so for now, for previous, and for the future, we'll say this always. Be warned, there will be yeah. some um, pretty There will be colorful, colorful language, language, especially in this episode as we talk about a movie such as Boogie Nights, that's all about the porn industry in the 1970s of San Fernando Valley, California, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, so full disclaimer, we will spoil the movie. There's going to be a lot of talk about cock and stuff in this episode, so just get ready for it. Um, but anyways, without further ado, should we do a little synopsis of the film? Yeah, let's let's go ahead. So Boogie Nights is essentially about a kid named Eddie Adams, played by Mark Wahlberg, um, in the uh, mid to late 70s, 1977, the film starts off with, and he has a poor at-home life with his parents, uh, especially with his mother, um, who is, uh, side note, piece of work. Um, To continue, though, the story follows Eddie Adams as he meets a porn director played by Burt Reynolds named Jack Horner, who essentially takes a liking to Eddie and wants to make him a star because Eddie has a special gift. Yeah, so essentially Boogie Nights is a film where we follow, uh, I would say, rather successful members of the porn industry through through their time, through the rise and also the fall of the porn industry and how they handled it together and individually, right? Through sort of their each of their own point of views. The main point of view, obviously, we deal with is 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 Eddie or Dirk because he's the main character. He's the the star of the show with the with the special gift. Um, Special gift. The special gift. <laughs> I love um, that we're phrasing it I like know, that. I know. I really. We well, should really hey. just say his. His. Hold his, on. Let's his, just uh, let's just keep a button yeah, up. Yeah, let's well, just yeah. keep a button up. Just for like now. they do in the movie, right? We'll they keep don't a tell you. Up. They don't reveal it until we'll the keep, end. I mean, everybody who's seen this movie knows what we're talking. They know about. what we're talking. They about. know. What and we're I mean, talking if you're listening about, to this podcast, you should know what we're talking about. But anyways, I'm just. I can't stop thinking about it. It's so big. Um it is. <laughs> no, but anyways, uh, as I was saying, 
we we the I think what I was talking about I was saying I uh, before the vacuum interrupted us there um like essentially it's a movie where we follow a, a group of of porn stars porn like a, there's like Jack's the director Dirk and Roller Girl are the stars and then there's also Reed and like Buck and Jesse and all of them mm-hmm. um. And then there's Amber, who's also a star, but kind of like the the set mom, the porn mom, or whatever. Yeah. Um, plays I, a yeah, plays a parental figure. Yeah, mommy, like, if you will. Mommy, <laughs> yeah, right. Mommy, essentially. Um, just 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 like Jack Horner plays a, a father figure. Yeah, he plays daddy to them. So yeah, definitely. But yeah, and then but so yeah, one of the clear themes about the movie to go off of the point where you were talking about um, Eddie's poor family life is is family essentially is that like it's clear from the start that that eddie has something that he wants to do that his parents aren't okay with him doing his mom especially his mom is so ruthless it's so ruthless she's terrible terrible like calling him stupid and saying he's just a big dumb idiot and stuff i honestly that that scene where we see like so after Eddie meets Jack at the bar and he first goes back home, then he decides that he's gonna basically <laughs> leave. Um, he fights with his mom and his mom calls him an idiot. And like just just that acting mm-hmm. from Mark Wahlberg alone, I was like, that's some of the best acting yeah. I ever seen this guy do. Yeah. I was like, I didn't even know he had the chops, man. I man, he like, had the chops, dude. It's, and nuts. it's early on in his career, but he was raw talent, though. Yeah, well, he, he was, was still Marky Mark at this point. Yeah, He's, I mean, yeah, pretty much. He was still on the, the up-and-coming yeah. list. He was, like, modeling and stuff, too, right? Doing yeah, he had done yeah, some Kelvin Klein modeling, I think, at that point. And um, was kind of just, I think, just trying to, like, start a, get a fresh, you know, start with, yeah. with himself, essentially, at that point. Show people that he could do more. Yeah, it it sounds and, uh, like that from like like and at that point though he had given a really good performance in the Basketball Diaries with Leonardo DiCaprio, was, which actually fun fact is that he Leonardo DiCaprio was who Paul Thomas Anderson originally wanted for the role of Eddie Adams slash Dirk Diggler, if you will. Dirk Diggler. and uh, the good old Dirk Diggler, I, or you know Brock Landers. If you will, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, but um, Leo had already signed on or had agreed to sign on to do Titanic at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert: that movie went on to do really big things. The boat didn't. The boat didn't. The movie did. <laughs> the movie. But you know fantastic. what? Boogie Nights did really big things too, though. Boogie Nights did a lot of really big things. <laughs> really big and, things. And they did a lot of. <laughs> they did a lot of things with a lot of really big things too. They did. Yeah. Um. So uh, back to my original point, though. Yeah. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio had recommended Mark Wahlberg for the role because he worked with him in the basketball diaries mm-hmm. and said, Oh yeah, he'd be really good for the role. And PTA had met with him and he really liked him. Obviously the rest is history. Gave him the job. He went on to star as Dirk Diggler, made um, a great, made a fantastic movie. So good. Um, But yeah, so just back to the whole like family thing, right? Like there's an obvious thing of family. And then, and so then, so after Dirk fights with his parents, 
he leaves his house and he goes to Jack and that's kind of where I would say that's probably where the the movie finally like starts and we get into the right. the good stuff cuz he meets Jack and um And you know what's interesting I'm sorry I don't mean to cut you no, off please. but right before we dive into that the scene that happens right before he actually goes home that night and gets into that big uh argument with his mom um Right before that scene is when he actually, it was the first night that he went to Jack Horner's house. The night that he went to the diner with them and uh, Jack Horner told him who he was, how he wants to make films and all of that. And how he just, you know, he wants to tell a story. He wants to keep the people sitting in the the movie theater, he wants to keep uh, sitting he, in their film after they after they come. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. he said he said he says something like that. He yeah, says something yeah. like, you know, after, you know, what, you know, I, I don't want them to, you know, jack off and be done. And I don't remember how he no, says no, it, but, yeah, he, but Jack he, Horner has a way with his he, words, he and that's why Burt Reynolds. That's why Burt Reynolds fucking killed this role, and um. Uh, did he won? He, he did he win an award? Oh, we're gonna have to edit this part out. I, I should have been prepared for no, that. No, no, you're fine. I no, know he was I nominated. Think, I know he was definitely nominated. I I don't know if he won. Um, no, yeah, he just got yeah. So no, so yeah, so Burt Reynolds did a fantastic job in this movie. He was nominated for best supporting role. He didn't win. He was nominated. Um, for an Oscar, he lost to Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting. Ah, yes, so, which okay. Is, I mean, it's understandable. fine, understandable, fantastic performance from Robin. Yes, understandable, um, but yeah, but no, but that's like, uh, like Burt Reynolds was so good. I haven't, I mean, to be honest, I have not seen, at least to my knowledge or memory, I haven't seen many Burt Reynolds films, and I know. At, at this point in his career, too, when he did Boogie Nights, he had been in kind of like, a, like he hadn't been doing a lot of successful movies, from what I understand. Like he was still doing movies, but just not like, like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Successful films. I'm not super familiar with his I don't filmography know at the Bird time. Reynolds, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, that, that is what I read, though, or what I heard. Yeah, that's what I read. And like, and from what I understand is that also, it, like, he, he really, Burt Reynolds, which is, it's crazy because he did such a good job in the role. Like, I think people even like hail this as one of his best performances throughout his career. Yeah. And he really, he really hated it. I don't even think he really even watched yeah. it. Until um, later on, after yeah, the yeah. movie came out, if, I don't know if he ever even I watched it at all in I, yeah, his life. I don't know I, that honestly. he did. Um, I know I watched an interview at one point um, with him, and he was on. I think it was Conan, mm-hmm. and he uh, said at that point, and this was uh, I don't know how long before he passed away it was, but it was when he was pretty old. Yeah. Um, it was, it was uh, later so, on in his life. Yeah, yeah it was later on in his life. And yeah. yeah, basically he said at that point he hadn't seen it and he has no intention on seeing it. Yeah, I remember that because I remember that interview because that's the same one because Conan actually asked him. He was like, there's a long standing rumor from you between Paul Thomas Anderson and you on the movie that you had actually gotten so frustrated with Paul Thomas Anderson, you'd punched him in the face. Yeah, and and Burt Reynolds did confirm he was like, no, I didn't ever hit him. I might have wanted to, but, yeah. I, but I didn't ever hit him. Yeah. Um. And then also, 
it's it's just crazy because he fired his agent after shooting the film. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, he, he he was so upset with getting that role that he just he fired his agent and he never watched the movie. And and it goes on to to nail him a, a nomination for a, a supporting role on an Oscar that year. Yeah, and still. People still today talk about it as one of his best roles that he's done in his career. Yep, they and do. I, I don't know that I even. And I mean, I would I, think so too. Yeah. I would. I would say it's one. I mean, I haven't seen all of his filmography, so I can't like be so certain. But that being said, out of the films that I have seen with him in it, this is by and far his best performance that I've seen. My favorite, at least. Yeah. I agree. And then, um, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm on the same boat. I haven't seen very many Burt Reynolds films, uh, that I, at least I can remember off the top of my head. I don't know, but I, this one's going to stay with me for a long time. Like I, I, I want to watch this movie all the time. I think it's so good. The storytelling is Mm -hmm. so good. The acting is so good. Just the fact that that they're able to actually take a story about a bunch of porn stars, like such a taboo subject and make it like, like you really feel for these characters. Yeah. At, at you points. Do. Like, like I, you're really like, you're really heartbroken at times. Like, for, especially for Amber, um, the, the like mom of, mm-hmm. of the family. Cause she's, she's going through a lot. She's Amber. Moore. Yeah. Amber's played by Julianne Moore. A fantastic actress. Oh yes, amazing actress. Done a lot of really good. Films a lot, in her yeah. A, amazing, amazing films. But uh, so in this movie, she plays uh, I, a woman named Amber Waves. Is that is that what her? I think that's uh, her Waves. Porn name. Yeah, I, I Amber so. Waves. I think mm-hmm. uh, her. I believe the real name is Maggie. Um, but Amber is a character who who she like takes on the role of the mom for the family. But at the same time, you also find out that she she's going through a lot in her everyday life. She's going through a very, a very bad divorce. Yes. Um, she's she's clearly losing her child right. and, and is going not doing well in the fight to get custody back for mm-hmm. her child. Um, and, and throughout the film, you kind of see uh, that kind of like take place. And at the same time, you see like all of that happening. You kind of see her falling apart essentially and and going to dirk and roller girl essentially as it's like trying to like have her make them her kids you know what i mean yes she's yeah. trying to mother them or yeah she she sees them i think you know i think jack and amber both do it they're both parental figures to um you know these these kids essentially these kids that they take under their wing they bring into the porn industry um uh you know the two prime examples in the film are uh Eddie Adams and um Roller Girl. Yeah. I'm unsure of her real name. I don't know if they ever actually They do they I, do maybe in the scene do. when they pick up yeah. the the kid from the side of the road. They do. Yeah, he, yeah, they do. Yeah. He mentions her real name. Um so yeah, Roller Girl and Eddie Adams though they definitely uh, really play a big factor uh, as like a mom and dad to uh, those two characters throughout the entire film. Um, she, uh, especially Amber, she 
looks at Eddie like a son, but it's a different type of relationship, you know? Uh, she has a sexual relationship with him as well. They have well. a lot of sex. Um, so it's like this weird... Uh, this weird dynamic, this weird relationship with one another, uh, which like this film is really deeply about these human relationships with yeah. one another. Um, throughout, you know, uh, the entire film, we see um, all of these characters that are introduced in different ways and they're at different parts of their lives and they have different things going on and they're worrying about different things. They have different motivations. They have different things that they want to accomplish. Um, and, uh, but they're all intertwined at the same time. They're all within that, the porn industry. Uh, some yeah. of them actors, some of them, you know, working as the boom operator, uh, the assistant director, uh, obviously Jack Horner, the director. The then you have like the, the producers and, and, uh, just everybody involved in working on a film, everybody there, you know, they're all family with one another cause they work on all these films together. But yeah, at the same time, they all have these like, it's all like, like I said, it all goes back to human relationship and the relationships with one another. Yeah, and how how it affects them. Well, and yeah, how they experience. Because when you look at it, like they're all like like they're all they're, everybody's missing. Like it seems like they're missing some kind of of familial role in their life. Mm -hmm. And they all find each other and fill the role for one another. Like, right. like Dirk's clearly lost his mom, and Amber's clearly lost her son, and they become like mother and son, right? Yes. And even like with Dirk's dad, Eddie's dad, like Eddie's dad doesn't. I don't even think he ever says one word in the film. No, I. Th I mean, he's pretty much just. He just. He's sits quiet. There. He just takes it. Yeah, I don't think I mean, he really cares for the way that the mom treats him because you can kind of see it in the scenes that uh that he's in that yeah. like she's like yelling at Dirk and he hears it and he's sitting in the well, room. She and probably does just, the same thing to him, right? I would yeah. imagine like that's just he kind of just yeah, he takes it. Yeah. But or whatever. But and that's another reason why I think Dirk ends up wanting to leave. Like he sees his dad sitting there not doing anything. Yeah. And then like because I Dirk never seems to have a problem with his dad. He's always polite with his dad. It's just his mom that's <laughs> <laughs> it's just his mom that's like causing any issues or or yelling at him for for banging sluts and stuff like that. Right. Um, but yeah, but no, I agree. the The biggest thing is the human relationships about this movie, and like like what like when people are going through tough times, what they what they will do, yeah, to help one another to get through everything and stick with each other. Right. Right. Um. Like. Yeah, I don't know. Some, I mean, it's a lot about it's it's about a lot of different things, um, honestly. Uh, you know, but it all just is intertwined. It all takes place within this uh, very. Um, I mean, especially at the time that the film came out, uh, but it places it right in the seventies. And that's when it takes place, and that's when times were a little bit different for the porn industry and for um, just things of that nature. Well, yeah. It, they were looked at a little bit different back then. Especially in... Um, even the in the 90s, yeah. they were looked at differently. Um, 
you know, and, uh, you know, it's it's still an industry that's looked at differently today, but it was just, you know, different scales at different times. Well, well, like in, in, when the movie starts out, we're in like the, the golden age of porn, right? Like we start out in San Fernando Valley. We movie opens up on the boogie nights club, which is like, obviously where all the porn stars are hanging out because they have all the money because they're basically like movie stars at this point still. Right. In the sense of a movie star that everybody else is because they're still like like at this point in time you're still going to like if you want to watch porn and you want to i don't know like rub one out or whatever you want to do you have to go to a movie theater you have to buy a ticket right maybe sit next to someone eyes forward and just do your stuff yeah and that's how it was you know, what's nowadays it's not at all. You just carry your phone around with you and you have it whenever you need it. But yeah, you just do it wherever <laughs> you, you want. Just, just pull it out at work. Start yeah. watching porn. I'm kidding. Don't watch porn at work. No, don't don't do that. NSFW. NSFW. <laughs> not safe for work. Um, <laughs> but no, but yeah, but you you can see, and then in the like in the the first half of the movie, it's so like the first half of the movie is so bright. It's so exciting. It's so much fun, and it's so funny. Like um, everyone's just going around partying and stuff. Yeah, Dirk's Dirk's bought a house full of a bunch of bad art that his friend makes. Mm-hmm. He got his initials put on his curtains. Such, dude, such a good time. The whole first quarter of the movie is such a good time. Like you said, all bright times, shiny days, just just the, the just fun parties, just living it up. This is the beginning of just. The like greatness. Well, this is the, the, it's the, this beginning is the beginning of the end, right? Well, yes, essentially it's the beginning of the end. Yes, yeah. but but let's just talk about uh, some of the stuff that happens within the first that first quarter of the movie, like oh. some of the, some of the shots that Paul Thomas Anderson puts in there. I just yeah. find like, uh, the, man, like well, essentially like the parental thing that we were just talking about. Yeah. One of the things that especially you said upon your first viewing that you noticed it, and I was like, yes, ex- yeah. One, one, uh, another one of those layers, uh, is the uh, the shot when they go back when Jack Horner brings Eddie Adams back to his house the first time with Roller yeah. Girl, and they he tells them you know to fuck right there on the couch, <laughs> and he goes to watch it. Yeah, the it's basically it's, like, and, it's his casting couch, right? That's yeah, exactly what it is. Yeah, it's the ba- casting I mean, basically, couch. let's see, let's see it, let's see how it works. Yeah, let's see how you work. Let's see what you got. Let's see the cock and, uh, and come on her tits. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you come on her tits, yeah. Eddie. Direct quote from the yes. movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so at which point though the the camera does this really interesting uh, kind of zoom into Jack and it fades into uh, a shot of a very similar shot to Eddie's mom sitting there on the chair at her place. And I remember you mentioned it to me uh, upon your first viewing, which I was like, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it totally does Uh, do that. So like, it's kind of like this interesting kind of like saying early on, like um, this is, you know, we know who his mom is, but uh, it's going to be, you know, th- like these are like parental figures in Eddie's life. Yeah. He's going to start looking to Jack as a father, um, you know, and this is his mother. Like, I, I just feel like it was one of those one of those things that just kind of correlated 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, like I parent think, to parent, like just kind of like one of those types of deals. Yeah, that 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 scene and that whole night in particular. That's that like the whole night where like because that night it starts off because so so this I think that night that's like the basically the next day after because we because we open the movie the first like first like five minutes almost of the movie are just an incredible one shot oh in, yes an oh. incredible one oh, shot yeah. take like, into the star- club starts on the crane it starts oh, on the crane up God. on the sign boogie nights you even see which, him which like, he, he he specifically so like that's a that's a cool thing he specifically yeah. put boogie nights because that was the title but he knew that like sometimes producers and things like that studios will want to change the the title uh, even after you film it. Um, so he was like, now, so we're going to film the, we're going to film the fucking sign. Yeah. Boogie nights. It, so like, like they can't, they can't so fucking good. change it. It looks so, so bam, good. starts right there on the crane, boogie nights. And then it, it like goes up sideways, like up to the side, like to read, um, uh, what, what is it? Re, what is it? Re, re, Reseda? Oh, Reseda. Yeah. It's Reseda. So, and it reads Reseda, and then it comes back down. The crane comes all the way down, and then they step off the crane on the steady cam, and then they they, yeah. they follow all the way across and into, uh, back into the nightclub, and just all, an, all, all the way. Yeah, just an incredible one shot. It takes you through the club, and you really, you, you, get, you get a look at, I think, almost all of the characters, too, because you, you see Jack and Amber, you see Roller Girl. Actually, you don't see all the kids. Those, I think, those are the only. No, three. within, within the first shot, you don't see all of them, but you do see. Well, you yeah, see you him see, moving around. Yeah, you in see him shot. kind of moving. Well, you around totally see him. Jack and Amber because the the camera goes right past their table and like sits on them for a minute. So the film opens up, and the first time we see the club is that awesome one shot, uh, just yeah. like five minutes straight of just pure cinematic. Just a fantastic, just a, an incredible one shot, an incredible really one just shot. Get really just get gets the movie flowing right away. Yeah, it lets like you know it's, it's energetic. It brings you in, and it just gets you going right away. Uh, put like 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 we said earlier, uh, time and time again, this movie just flows. It has energy. It has like this swagger about it throughout it that just keeps it going and chugging along without you feeling that runtime. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. Uh, And it starts right in the very beginning right there with all the energy flowing through the club, all the dancing involved and all of the uh, just the movement, the quick movement, the subtle movement, the characters dancing, the characters singing, the characters interacting with one another. Um, all that one take there just kind of gets it going. And then the scene between Jack and Eddie, when Eddie, uh, says five or 10. <laughs> oh yeah. The five or 10. Yeah. Bit. Follows Jack <laughs> back yeah. through. The, yeah. Uh, Jack, Jack walks back through the kitchen and he finds Dirk, um, just busting in the back and he just starts talking to him. We find out that Dirk's, uh, 17 years old. Yeah, seventeen-year-old piece of a, gold. For, yep, he's a seventeen-year-old piece of gold, uh, as said by Jack. Yowa, not by us, by Jack <laughs> Horner. Jack Horner, seventeen-year-old, 
Yeah, but but anyway, but yeah, so they get to talking, and then at one point, Berg, Dirk, Berk, I call him Berk, Dirk goes like, so anyway, mister, you want five or ten? And then he's like, what? And it just leads into this whole yeah. bit where he's like, well, if you want to watch me jerk it, if you want to just see it, it's five dollars, but if you want me to jerk it off, it's ten. Damn. <laughs> so basically, we get, we get a real quick establishment that Eddie's already prostituting himself working at this club, because Correct. all he wants yes. to do is become a star. Mm-hmm. That's Eddie's only dream is to just become a star. He's obsessed with karate and stuff, as we can see yep, from him, from, from all of his like uh, posters, posters and stuff in his room. And he just he just wants to be the next big thing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Jack realizes this. And so we, we meet them and then um, that's the first time. And then the second time we come back to the club. Cause Eddie goes home that night and he, you know, we, that's when we get introduced to his horrible family life with his parents and his mom. Um, cause they wake up the next morning and she's like, you're always getting home so late, blah, 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 blah. And everything. And then we go back to the club again. And then that, that time when, when he, it starts over the club and Jack like has roller girl, go give him a blow job in the back, just yeah. like out of nowhere. Um, and then, she just kind of leaves and he's like, wow, okay, that was awesome. And he goes back to work and then he's, he's ready to go home. But then Jack and Amber and roller girl come and pick him up in the car. And that's when they go to the diner. And, and that scene to me is that's, that's like really pivotal. Cause that's when he really chooses his new family. Cause yeah. he already knows that he's getting a bunch of shit for going home super late and he knows he's going to. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like, like these people want me around and I like these people and I want to be around these people more right. than the people that don't want me around. So yeah. we obviously and he wanted to them. be a star. So it just, it, it aligned with one another. Yeah, he, every, like, he knew yeah. who they were. He knew what they were all about. He knew what they brought to the table for him. And he knew that they felt comfortable for him, a lot more comfortable than his home life. The life that he was, Literally trying to just get away from yeah. why he was working two jobs out of town, really out of town, uh, just to just to stay just to stay away from home as long as possible. Yeah, definitely, and that's why. And I think that's like that's that's another reason why we kind of like feel for Eddie, and uh, like that's why I like like it, it. He does like they Paul Thomas Anderson does a really good job of of making us feel for for porn stars like normally someone that like uh not to like disregard any porn stars if you're in the sex industry more power to you but uh like just like it, normally porn has a really taboo kind of like uh what what am I looking for? The uh, like stigma attached to it. Yeah. That's the word. Mm-hmm. It's a taboo stigma. No one. It's the kind of thing that everybody does it and everybody watches it, but nobody wants to talk about it ever. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, Paul Thomas Anderson, does such a good job of creating these characters that like you feel. I feel so bad for Eddie. At the start of the movie, because dude, I couldn't imagine my mom ever like legitimately calling me an idiot like that. Right. You know what I mean? And just saying that I'm too stupid to do anything good because I'm like, I'll never be a star because I'm too stupid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That's just crushing. And I really yeah, feel is. bad for him. And I'm like, I'm like, no I'm like, home go, life to have. go be a porn star, Eddie. Like, whip that thing out and fuck those yeah. bitches, dude. Go you do it. You got a gift, man. Just you got give the it to gift. The world. Use it. 
Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And that's um Bro, he's got it's like having Thor's hammer, you know? It really is. Like, it's like having Mjolnir he, in Imagine pants. Thor and he just didn't use his hammer. And he just used his cock instead? No. <laughs> I'm saying like if Thor was Thor and he just didn't use his hammer, but he had his hammer. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, I see what you're saying. If Thor had his hammer but didn't use it, that's yeah. like Eddie having his, his special gift and not using it. Yes. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That makes Correct. total sense. Yeah, no, I, that's a that's a 100% amazing analogy. I love it. It's mm. a great, it's just like using the tool, like not using the tools you have. Like, like, yeah, like, not, you were like made not using not using the tool that God gave yeah, you. He was made for this and he knew he was made for it. Right. So he was going to do it no matter what. And right. he did what he needed to do to make it happen <laughs> with with five and tens with bus boy in at the boogie nights club, dude. And then he got it. He found it. And then when he got his shot, he took it. He didn't hesitate. He got into that car so fast. Oh, yeah. He went he went full force into it. And that scene at the diner, that's when he decides. He's like, these are my people now. Yeah. And so really that leads right into uh, his first, you know, he goes over. It's the pool party. His first time at Jack's house, which is another Another phenomenal scene. One shot. So he meets, he meets uh, Reed Rothschild. Oh, he does. Played by John C. Riley in this scene. And it's, so when they meet. I love the interaction between the two characters, dude. Yeah. I really love it. I love just how Eddie at the time, you know, this is who he was at the time. There was he wasn't Dirk Diggler yet. Yeah. Uh Eddie is, you know, this like young kid, just like, you know, has this confidence about him, but also is just like cool and chill and like laid back and quiet and soft spoken. Yeah, he's a little shy. And uh and shy. And he Reed, is- Reed is like he's already been there and like he feels and Reed just feels like intimidated that someone else is coming onto his turf that Jack has taken a liking to in yeah. this, in this scene. And you can totally tell. And it's like this really fun dynamic between the two characters right in the beginning. <laughs> and I just, I love the interaction between uh, yeah. the two, uh, freaking, uh, like, he's like, how much do you bench? Uh, or no, how much do you squat? And he's like, he's like, uh, two, like two. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, cool. And he's like, well, how much do you squat? He's like, yeah. A three fifty, something like, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and uh, it's just funny. He's like always just uh, like in the scene. He's just trying to one up. Yeah, like well, <laughs> one up Eddie all the time, and just like trying to show him up. And it's just so funny. And then like later on at the pool party, they're doing like jumping into the pool, and he like Eddie does a flip. Eddie does a flip, and he's like he's like. Uh yeah, that was good, but let me show let me show you how to let me show you how to do it better or something like that. I don't I don't remember the exact dialogue. Yeah, and then he tries and, to and do it. And he goes it. and he fucking smacks his back on the yeah. pool when he does it. And he messes it up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Eddie's so like, funny you gotta, you like, gotta these tuck two your like legs. young and like <laughs> these two young and like clumsy kids who are like in this like how early old? on in in this industry obviously we don't know how long Reed had been in the industry to say, that point did we learn how old Reed is I don't know all? but I would imagine he like he seems like a pretty young dude like matching up with like Eddie's energy 
So I, I would imagine he was old enough to be in the industry, but like maybe not much older than. Yeah, I was gonna, I'd feel like he's uh, he's definitely not seventeen Eddie. or eighteen like Eddie is. Like maybe like he's 19, like in his twenties. Twenty. I, think. I would like, I would see him in like twenty five or twenty four. I don't even think he was that old. You don't think he's that old, really? I think he was young. I think he was like. Is twenty five not young? I'd say the, I'd say very early twenties. But yeah, I mean, I guess so. Yeah, you're probably right because it seemed like they wanted to kind of like get younger kids into the scene with them. Yeah. Well, that was kind of like the thing. I mean, we're, we're kind of leading into it later on, you know. Yeah, we'll uh, get yeah, we'll get there, but, but we got more to talk yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, they they definitely did, you know, go through No, yeah, they uh, definitely they used drugs of younger for sure. kids. They used drugs for sure to kind of groom some people. Amber Waves. Amber Waves. But we'll get And there. here it is. So, so <laughs> yeah here it is no i know the yeah scene um where we have the movie on mute yeah. while we're doing the podcast uh so here it is yeah the scene amber waves so could that signify maybe that was like a thing that he thought not maybe not i don't know if it was or not but waves the uh so like they come in waves like the kids like as soon as they introduce them to coke <laughs> uh they start going down the hit, down the drain and, and then amber's the one and, who introduces them yeah, to coke yeah and she brings amber's them the on one. in waves and then <laughs> and then they have so funny and then they have the next round of uh up-and-coming stars the you know the new the yeah, new thing well, the new kids that they that they you know bring in yeah I, just like I, they brought in uh dirk diggler here so, uh, but yeah, to go back though, Reed Rothschild, like, yeah, I, I love that. I love that interaction between the, yeah, the two and, then, and the, yeah, that they, scene. They it's go such, back. Well, that they, whole scene is fantastic. Kinda, a lot, really yeah. nice one take in there that leads up to actually. I love the one take when they go, other. when like, like they start. I love that one take so much because they start at the driveway, like walking up to the house and you walk in through like the driveway, through the fence and you go through through the yard and you see Buck and Becky talking and Becky's talking to Buck about, he's like, you got to stop dressing up like a cowboy Buck. Nobody wants to see yes. a cowboy. You, gotta, <laughs> you need a new style. Um, and then and you see, um, I think Maurice is talking to Amber, trying to get Amber to put him in one of the porn films. Yeah. Um, and then it goes into the house a bit and it comes back out and it, go, it goes into the pool. Like and yeah, underwater, that, and you that, go. I, it, it's phenomenal. It's so cool how it goes into the pool going in and out of the water. It's oh my god! And, and then oh it comes out god. of the water, but it doesn't come out, come completely out. It like hangs right there. And you there. can see like you're seeing clearly like the the surface of the yeah. water and mm -hmm. under it. It's such a cool, so much great film. Like yeah. cinematography throughout yeah. this whole film, yes. incredible. Even even the sound design and everything. Like I, we'll, we'll I get mean, to, we'll talk a lot PTA about the soundtrack. Does his thing, man. Yeah, we'll talk a lot he about the music and thing. stuff. Um, he always did his thing, man. Uh, literally, PTA, dude. Second feature film here. Yeah, I've seen Hard Eight. That was his first feature. That one's really good, but this one for being only his second. He really knocked this one out of the park uh, with, you know, just like he like put his stamp, you know, put his stamp down yeah. with this film. Oh, yeah. He really put his stamp down because like if you know PTA today and like seen his filmography since then, you see like his style and how it is and how like it's come to be, you know, today. Yeah. 
Uh, but like right here, Boogie Nights, you know, Hard Eight is good, but Boogie Nights lays that stamp down for PTA. Well, and it like it fucking punctures it. Well, it really so. kind of probably like I mean, this movie might have been. I mean, I'm sure Hard Eight did a lot to do it too, but this movie kind of probably helped career or pave the rest of the way for his yes. career. One hundred percent. Like this movie, and I mean, Paul. PTA's gone on to make I, I haven't seen many of them, but I've I've heard of so many of his movies that I just I didn't even know that they were PTA movies. Rather like I just haven't seen them or don't know enough about them. But mm-hmm. he's gone on to make so many. Well, I can't wait for you to just, see them because there's yeah. some phenomenal ones. Yeah, I'm excited to get all into Paul Thomas. I haven't like felt this excited about finding a new director's movies since like the first time I watched a Quentin Tarantino movie yeah. and was like, whoa, I need to watch every single one of his movies. Oh, yes. Um, but no, yeah, I've I just I'm in love. I want I love this movie so much. I love that it's about I I I just love that it's about the porn industry, man. Because yeah. everybody's so afraid to talk about porn for whatever reason. And it was it, it's 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 a it's a part of everybody's life, at least at one point or another. And it's just like it's a part of the human condition or whatever, man. We like we like watching people fuck. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. You can admit it, you people, know. People watch people fuck. Yeah, just do it on your own free time and not in inappropriate places, right? Um, but no, and and that's the thing that I I love that it, he just he's able to take this like porn and make you love all these characters and stuff. Maybe not, maybe mm-hmm. I love them. I don't know if love's the right word. Cause they're all pretty terrible people, but like at least care for them and feel for them. And knowing that like, cause like we were saying and have been saying the first half of the movie is really just a celebration. Like, like they're yeah. the stars. They're on top of the world. I wouldn't say they're all pretty terrible people. No. Yeah. I wouldn't say no. maybe not all of them. Yeah. Definitely not all. No. Of them. A I'd, few say, of them, I'd say most of them are just normal, fine people. Yeah, I'd they don't. Say they don't right. have bad intentions. They're, they're, I guess or you, what like I would that. say is they're outcasts. They're not bad people. They're outcasts. They're, they're, just, they're misfits. They're outcasts. I mean, right? no, I wouldn't even say that. You don't think so? I, well, the reason being is just. I mean, hear me out here. Is just because, like, they're just they're just people. They just do something different with their lives. True. You're right. They are just people. We're all just people. So, I mean, I feel like... They're just people deciding to do porn. No, you're right. Yeah, no, like, you're right. like they, they don't have bad intentions. Really, the, I guess it's not the, like they're out here trying to commit crimes and murder people. They're, at least they're not, not at the start. Like working for the mafia. Yeah, not at the start of the movie. They're not committing crimes. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, even, even throughout the middle, like, you know, they get into some trouble, but I don't think that they're looking to murder people. No, I no, you're right. I don't think they ever wanted to murder anybody. No, but, um, but yeah, but no, clearly like the, the first half of the film is an obvious celebration and everybody's like, they're, they're living on top of the world. Dirk's winning all of the porn awards. Jack's winning all the awards. They're making all the money from their Brock Landers films. Yeah. And it's golden last, like what the movie starts in 77, right? And then it goes through 78, 79. Yeah. Which are the, just golden great years Dirk Diggler you know he's introduced which by the way we got to talk about the introduction of the name oh we do so that is actually at the end of the party 
at the very end of the party in the beginning, at the, you know, the, the very the, the end of the pool, party, the pool when, party that we were just yeah, talking about. Yep, you're right. Uh, it's at the at nighttime. You know, he gets told that he needs to think of a name. He, him, and Reed are in the in the hot tub, I and have, he's got this great idea for a name. And like the way that it's introduced is so phenomenal. How he's like saying, like, you know, I you know I got this idea, like. Uh, you know, I I just have it in my head that, uh, in big, bright uh, blue letters with purple outlining. Uh, it's just a big, bright neon sign that says, and then it like cuts to, and it's like <laughs> the, 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 the sign <laughs> turning yeah. on. Dirk Diggler. Oh, man. He's and, like, and it's, it's like Dirk Diggler. <laughs> yeah. Dirk Diggler. Dude. Power name, dude. What a. Says the name. <sighs> Power name, bam, Dirk Diggler. What a great introduction to Dirk Diggler right I know. there. I mean, for the name. That's a classic name. It is an iconic and name. That's, and a PTA based it on the Dirk Diggler story, which was like this mockumentary that he made. Yeah. Uh, prior. John Holmes. Yeah. Well, that the whole. So, so yeah. There, well, there's really a lot. Cool. There's a lot of cool stuff about that 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 documentary made. So, so the Dirk Diggler story was like you could say the the predecessor to this movie because it from everything I researched and read about it, this movie is, is very much like a, like it's, it's like the, the evolution of that. Cause the Dirk Diggler story was a, like a film student film that PTA made in school. Right. With like friends and stuff. Yeah. That was loosely based on John Holmes's life. He was a porn star with a huge cock, just like Dirk Diggler, um, who also, and eventually ran into a lot of issues with drugs and allegedly had some involvement with some murders in the Hollywood area, I believe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know the whole story. I don't know yeah. that story at all, but, but yeah, but so he, so Paul Thomas Anderson made that short film, the Dirk Diggler story, which it has a lot of like Dirk's in it, Reed's in it. Um, and, and a few of the other characters that make it into the film are in that original short film. And uh, like another thing to say about the hot tub scene is that the poem that that Reed recites to Dirk in the hot tub when he's talking about like uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I write some stuff. Yeah. And he reads, he recites that really cheesy poem. That poem was actually improvised originally by the guy who played Reed Rothschild in Paul Thomas Anderson's student film. Oh wow! So the, the so his, that made so, it in. Yeah. So his friend, his <laughs> friend, his friend who played Reed in the original like like that mockumentary film he made, he he made that up for the movie. Um, wow. And they and they brought it in from that and put it in that scene. So there's, I think there's a few other times that that happens, but that's like the most like apparent one is that they just they brought that poem verbatim from the short film and put it into the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but so so yeah, this is a, and this is leading all up to to the fall. It, basically, we get to a new the next party we have at Jack's house is the New Year's Eve party in 1979, ringing in the 80s, which is is definitely the start of the beginning for everybody here in the movie or the the, the beginning, beginning of, of the, the end, end. <laughs> yeah the beginning of the, the be, end this is definitely. definitely the beginning of the end for everybody because even at this party this is where a lot of probably this is where bad stuff starts to ensue and like a lot of those seeds are planted for the dark times right yeah yeah they i mean yeah they had a lot of good times uh leading up to then uh, some good, some good scenes in, in there, honestly. So, you know, the first porn scene 
with Dirk Diggler. Uh, in Amber? In Amber, yes. Yes. Uh, very, you know, interesting scene. Really cool. Some really cool uh, technical work there. You see the camera, the, the, the camera shot when it goes into the camera. Yeah. And you see, like, the, the lens and what's playing on the lens. Yeah. Which is essentially, you know, Dirk. Diggler, banging and Amber, Amber, and uh, them uh, in that moment, and then just the film, uh, the film runs out, and they have to change the film reel, and they they like <laughs> yeah, talk to Jack, right. and then Jack's like, all right, do it quick. And uh, it's just like this whole like thing, and it's so interesting. It's it's such a, it's so so cool because like they do this at the pool party when like the producer looks at Dirk Diggler's cock, and yeah. his you know his special gift. You know, let's just address the elephant in the room already. Why yeah, don't we? His <laughs> giant cock. Hey, Dirk it's Diggler. Just has, the reason alert. he's so successful, guys, is because he's got a massive a ma- cock. massive cock, huge massive cock. I mean, huge. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the producer looks at it at the party, but then it's so interesting when they're filming the first scene, you know, not everybody else had seen it yet. So they're filming the first scene, and when he uh, pulls it out or when she pulls it out, um, everybody, like, it shows the reactions <laughs> of the people on set. And you see, you just see, like, the cameraman's got his, you know, he's got, he's got his one eye in the, you know, in the, uh, in the viewfinder. And then he, like, leans out from the viewfinder and he, and he just, like, looks with both eyes just, and it's like, woo, okay. And, uh, and then, like, the guy standing next to him is like, oh, shit, okay. And then fucking, um, little Bill, he's standing there like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, geez, that yeah, this, life. that's a million dollar cock right that, there. That is, that's a, bil- that's a, that's a billion dollar that's cock. That's probably, that if, is, you know, if they found him a, 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 like a few years before, it could have been a trillion dollar cock. That is top point, it's like point one percent of cocks, dude. Speaking on, on the big end, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Speaking of the, the so, speaking of his massive package um, here, um, I feel like we can just say this now. It's funny because it just so everybody knows, it's not really Mark Wahlberg's cock that you see at the end. No, it, it really is. It's no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not, man. It, all right, you can't. You can't lie to me like that. No, bro. that's Don't why, give me hope and no, let listen, me think that, no, listen, that some man is out there with a cock that big. I'm sorry. That's why Leo recommended him for the role. That's why. That's yeah. really why. Yeah, Leo said, you know, I saw this dude's cock. <laughs> well, while we were filming the basketball takes, diaries, we went, we went to and we, uh, yeah, in you know, I, you know, when I read this script, I thought I immediately thought Mark Marky Mark Mark Wahlberg man, he's got it man, he's got the golden cock. Yeah, I just remembered when I was taking a piss next to him once on the set of Basketball Diaries, and he was standing like five feet away from the urinal, and, and he was, hit me with his <laughs> cock. <laughs> and he, and he hit me on the shoulder with it when he pulled it out. And I was like, dude, you need to audition for this movie. I'm going to go do this stupid movie about a boat, but you need to be <laughs> this movie. No, oh it's God. not really his cock, everybody. It's oh, not. It's man. a prosthetic. They originally, the, I, I saw this on in an interview Mark Wahlberg did, did with uh, uh, Seth Meyers on The Late Show. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, I think it was like seven or eight years ago now. 
But uh, but no, he he talked about how it, it was prosthetic and that Mark Wahlberg did say that at the time, I don't know if it's changed since then, but he said it's the only prosthetic he's ever kept on a film that he's worked on of his, <laughs> that he kept it. And then he also said that originally when they made it, they tried to make it to the specifications of John Holmes, the porn star that Dirk Diggler's based off of. But they made it and they got it on to Mark Wahlberg and it was it was too big. It, it was like way down past his knee uh. and he could he literally couldn't do anything with it. So they had to make like a new one that's more proportionate to like Mark Wahlberg's body. Uh. But like just wow. even though like the actual cock that they based it off of was even like bigger than the one they used. I mean, what a hog, man. Dude. What a fucking hog, dude. Yeah. But just to imagine if that cock would have been any bigger, dude. It was already. I know. He's way too big. It's like bigger big. than the TV screen it was on. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I love I love that because we kind of like with 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 his, with Dirk Diggler's cock and all over this movie, we have like the the classic rule of threes, right? Like even with even with his cock, I'm pretty sure like like we don't see it. Like we we see people's reactions to it twice. Mm-hmm. We see um, the colonel's reaction at the first party when Jack's like, "Show him your cock, kid." Like, like just show it to him, and the colonel like gets that like smile. He's like, "Oh, that's nice." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we see him react again when they when they shoot the first film with Amber. And the the custodial the custodial office one, yeah, and that's the second reaction. And then I don't really think we get another reaction to his cock at all in the movie until the very last shot of the movie, which is he stands up. Mark Wahlberg stands up out of frame with his head, and he, he reveals his cock right, to everyone, right. and then he just puts it away. Um, well, and- he reveals it to himself in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He reveals it in the mirror, but he reveals but it he to reveals us it to on the screen. Audience, but yeah, himself, we we so. finally get to see what everybody else has been seeing this whole time, and our jaws, package. in fact, do the exact same thing that everybody else does. Yeah, we we finally get, finally to, see get to see the whole the package. whole package. Been waiting to see. I remember when we watched it the first time. The whole time we were watching it too, I was like in the back of my head though. I was thinking, I was like, are we gonna see his cock? <laughs> are they gonna show us his dick like am i gonna get to see this thing like yeah. everybody's freaking out about it yeah and i was like i really want to see it i don't know what that says about me but i just i want to see I mean, what he's working with it was the center plot point of the movie that was, dri- it was driving force. it was definitely it was what drove the movie forward it definitely drove a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> did he pushed he definitely pushed the movie forward with he it did. that's for sure um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, to go back to the uh, the beginning of the end, though, uh, right before, uh, you know, or or actually just that 80s party. Yeah. Uh, to bring in the 80s right there, that party, that whole sequence at that party, um, a lot of really cool shots in there. Yeah. Uh, some pivotal moments, some pivotal scenes to uh, signify yeah, the dark times definitely. that are coming. Um, it's, one, one big important one that I think we kind of touched on a little bit ago uh, was the scene between Amber 
and uh, Eddie, well, Dirk. Yeah. Um, when, I mean, we should refer to him as Dirk at this Dirk, point. At this point, he's Dirk Diggler. He does, he's won awards. Point, well, and at this point, in the, remember, he does the first shoot with Jack, and he's like, yeah. hey, Jack, can you call me Dirk from now yeah, on? Yeah, that is true. So, so we should Dirk respect his on. wishes. Uh, sorry, Dirk. Um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah anyways uh there's a pivotal moment uh between amber and dirk uh at this at this party uh when she tells him you know it's a new year new things are coming um you know and at you know i i believe uh she says something to that effect but i believe that what what she's essentially saying uh is that new things are coming there's going to be um new things ahead that might be good, might be bad. Uh, some new things as in like the new kids that they bring in, uh, to star in the films. Yeah. Um, or the Coke that she's about to introduce Dirk Diggler to, Mm -hmm. um, for the first time, uh, because he's, he's a good, he's a good kid. He was always a pretty good kid, pretty shy, just needed guidance, needed help, had this gift, this is who he found. Yeah. And he fell in love with it. And uh, and that's what he does. He was never a drug addict. But she makes him do a couple lines of coke this night, uh, telling him sorry, but has this moment with him because she's like his, you know, his mother. Yeah. Um, at this point and uh has this, you know, really uh pivotal and kind of, you know, touching moment with him before she gives him well, I don't know about touching, but I guess I would say like this uh it is, yeah. Well, it is touching because it, you, you know, can tell that she cares about him. Yeah, and she's like, "Listen, I really care about you, and I love you, and I'm excited that you're you're here with us through this like time of change that we're going right. through." Um, and then, uh, and I think like too, this is important too because as we were talking about earlier, like we were we had mentioned a little bit about how like like it seems like Jack and Amber kind of use the drugs on on the kids to keep them around for making them like movies like it seems yeah. like 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 that's when like they're starting to build that like dependency like they want to make like Dirk like they kind of want him to have that dependency on them to like stay around with them so they keep him there you know what I mean at least right. that's like what it felt like to me well, it's a kinda, little bit it, yeah it's kind of like that or like I kind of interpreted a little bit that that like it just signifies that like the new kids are coming and they like do this like through the old kids to kind of like tear them down so that way they can build up the next big thing. Cause they're all like, everyone's yeah. always looking for the next, like the next high, the next like big star. Well, yeah, and I mean, uh, and that's kind of like what it like, cause even in the fit, the regular film industry, it's like, you know, kind of like people are like always interested in the next big star who's well, going to yeah. be that next big thing, and you know, or, no, or, or what, what is the next well, big yeah, thing? Yeah. They want like be? younger, like, next, like younger is better, is hotter, yeah, sexier. Right. right? So, so that's why. So, uh, so they're looking for that. So I feel like that's like part of their thing, kind of like grooming. It's like grooming these kids in a way. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, they picked up finding seventeen years old. Yeah, finding kids who are lost in high school when we first meet her. She's literally. There's one point where we see Roller Girl in a class, like a high school class, and her classmate is like just making a horrible, horrible, oh, horrible gesture, horrible, horrible gestures, like blowjob uh, gestures yeah. and stuff at her. Um, but yeah, like they're clearly, I mean, but yeah, so she introduces him to the Coke and everything. And it's just, uh, you know, signifying, you know, the dark times are coming. 
in a way, you know, that she, you know, the way that she kind of explains it, like I'm, you know, uh, yeah. However, I forget how she says it, but yeah, the way that she explains it and goes about it and, uh, and then gives him the Coke, like they know that eventually that could lead to his downfall. Um, and, and I mean, it does, it, and, it and, really there, does. and the dependency that he, he eventually will have yeah. uh, for them um, because he already loves them. Well, yeah, and um, then he even leaves and he comes back. And at uh, one point, right at the end of the movie, he, he leaves with well, Reed. Yeah. yeah, but um, so, uh, but yeah, and then more more pivotal scenes at that eighties party. Though. Yeah, I, some, I some wanna, big moments. I know. There. Well, yeah, I want we got to talk about this whole party because this, like, the this the it, it's so cool because like you had said it earlier tonight too before we started recording, like, like it it takes place legitimately, like basically at like the halfway point of the film, right? So you get the whole first half of the film is like it's the glory days, right? Like we get the yeah. the good, the happy, the good days, the good, yeah. the happy days or whatever. And then yep. we reach that midway point where the we reach the, the New Year's party, yeah. which is like it's like, OK, like we're, we're restarting now. Like 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 that was the end. Like that was that was the the last chapter. Like that was the end of the previous chapter of the porn era. Now we're starting the new era for these characters yes. in the porn era. And that party is when the '80s hit, just rock hard. Yeah, well, the '80s hit rock hard. The '80s, the '80s hit rock hard, and they they took porn to rock bottom, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it was like like you were saying, like there's the the whole drug addiction that obviously it starts there for Mark or right. not Mark, Mark Wahlberg's acting for Dirk. <laughs> it starts there, starts for, right there Dirk for Dirk because throughout the rest of the movie, he's just he's snorting coke. Like I don't know, almost like every scene it seems like so yeah, much of yeah. the scenes he's just doing drugs with Reed and um. That's also where they meet Todd at that party, the yeah, guy who gets him the all the drugs. Yep. He gets him all the drugs. Um. And then on top of the whole Amber scene, we also see Jack starts to talk with the colonel and um, um, the other actor. I don't know. I don't remember his character's name. Uh, Philip Baker Hall. Philip Baker. Yeah, that's the actor's name. Right. That's the yeah, actor's I th- name. I think so. I think yeah, that's Philip, his name. No, yeah, that's definitely Philip Baker Hall who plays the uh, he's basically the guy coming into the 80s saying that porn's not going to be on film anymore. It's going to be on tape. It's going to be on videotape. And we're not putting porn in theaters anymore. We're going to put it on VHS tape, um, which, as um, history will show us, was not a great time for porn as people stopped seeing porn in theaters once it was on tape. And it wasn't a, a big industry anymore. Right. It just kind of went downhill. from, And now it's really just like a... I, I don't know. It's a weird industry nowadays, but that's another conversation for somebody else's podcast. Yeah. Um, or for another movie, different yeah. interpretation. <laughs> True. You're right. <laughs> um, but no, but so that happens. And then I also think um, like one of the darker things that happens too, just to like, just to really set in the tone that like, that like, yeah, things are bad now. Like it's like the happy times are over are uh, little Bill and his wife. Well, yeah, the biggest scene there, right at right at the end, uh, just before that, this is right, the third time, right at the ball this drop. Is, yeah. yeah, this is the third it's time rule he's of walked threes again. the rule of threes uh, right. yet again. Yeah, so what little happens? Bill the first time catches her at home when he comes home one day, 
uh, or back to the uh, wherever he was staying at the time. Well, no, yeah. So and what his wife sleeping with yeah. another guy. Then at the party, one of the I think it was it was Jack. The it pool was the party, first party, the, the first pool, pool party, party where she's uh, getting banged by a yeah. dude in like a crowd of people. Right. And then and he goes over there and like which that, is another great one shot, which a, is actually all one shots when he finds out. You're right. Yeah, we did remember that when we were watching it. Is yeah. that every time, every shot that he finds his wife cheating, except for maybe because the one, the first one when he finds his wife cheating at his house, is that a well, it's a one shot well, through his it, house. It sits, the camera stays still the whole time and it's in the hallway and he like walks in the apartment and you see him walking in the door. You're and right. He goes and sits down on the couch, takes his shoes off, throws them. And then, and then he, he hears, you, you hear it in the and background. And you see him walk quietly. down the hallway and it might cut right there. And then yeah. like to the other side and you see him open up the door. Yeah. But at and least at, at there, both the parties, when you see his at wife the party, it's a one take yeah. and then it comes up and he has the conversation with the, cinematographer he's like it's just embarrassing you know yeah and the cinematographer <laughs> yeah the see yeah and the cinematographer is like yeah right um so about that uh the film tomorrow uh and he just goes into talking about like the thing that he needs for the film yeah and he doesn't even really I hardly just, pay any attention and it kind of sucks for little bill it's it too does. bad i i it's love bad. dude the thing but little bill you know, little Bill, he knew what he was in for there well, in the that th business. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, that's the thing that, like, I love about little Bill's character is that the reason I don't think he says anything is because that's what he does at work, right? And it's kind of right. like the thing, like, like, you know, when we're on set, like, for a really long time and we're like, we just, like, if I hear someone say action one more time, like, I'm going to freak out. I just want to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you get that feeling. Like, I imagine it's like if I see... Like I imagine he just he's just so used to seeing people having sex. Right. That he just I don't know, accepts it whenever it's happening, even if it's happening to his wife. Yeah. And, and like and I think that plays into the well, like plus his wife was a she was a porn star. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So yeah. That that was another part of it. But the problem was is that she was fucking people off camera. Yeah. That's what was so bothersome when he was just like away or when he was at a party Even and she was, was at a there, party. Yeah, it was and just happening And she was just constantly. like, oh, yeah, I'm going to find someone else. Yeah, and and yeah, and so. then and so then the third time when it finally happens is 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 Bill catches them cheating at the New Year's party mm -hmm. and he, he cuts to his car or, well, not cuts, it's a one shot. We see Bill walking through the party. It's right as midnight's about to hit and he's trying to find his wife because everybody's trying to find, like, you try to find someone to kiss. It's midnight on New Year's. Right. He's trying to find his wife. He finds her banging a dude in the bedroom. And then you just follow him out to his car. He grabs a gun, goes back into the party, shoots his wife and the guy. And I I love it because, like, the way they do it is, like, the music's so loud at the party that people aren't really aware that a gun just went off at first. So the two shots go off that he kills right. his wife. And then you kind of hear some screaming and like, but people like are like cheering too. Cause they're like, wait, are you screaming or cheering? Like yeah. what's going on? And they all kind of like look. Yeah. They like, turn around like, to wait. look. And then little Bill unfortunately walks into the living room and blows his brains all over the wall. Smiles a little bit before he, he does. does yeah. He's too. like, ha ha. And <laughs> just, yeah. just blows them all over the place. Like um, had fun. <laughs> it's so. It's been but, real. And and then and I love that because right after that happens, boom, cut to nineteen eighty. Eighties, 
so 80s. good. Just like a, and just it's just a like real, you know, it introduces. It's a serious introduction of the dark times like and a, a real, serious like scene to like yeah. lead into. It's like a literal like period. Uh, like yeah. it's like a literal end yeah. to the sentence of the 1970s. Yeah. It's yeah. like like death. Boom! It's over. We're in a whole yeah. new chapter. Shit sucks Things, now. Shit's different. And, and it's Things terrible Things are changing. Here. As people aren't happy, people aren't making nearly as much money. They're definitely not winning any awards. I mean, we yep. see Dirk starts to have problems where people are like, they're they're getting on him for like showing violence towards women in his film and stuff, right? Because they filmed that little yeah. short series that Amber showed where uh, I, I think showed him actually at the New Year's party before they did. No, it wasn't. Which is actually another thing that kind of makes me think, because like right after the scene at the 80s party, uh, when she introduces him to the Coke, and then he has, well, he actually has that really uh, interesting scene right after that when he walks out with... Um, Oh, Scotty. Scotty. Yeah, because Scotty uh, wants to show him his new car. Really interesting scene with him. Hold on, we'll bounce back to that in a second. Yeah. But what I was saying prior to that is that Amber's like filming the behind the scenes with Dirk Diggler, mm -hmm. interviewing him and asking him these questions about the violence and stuff. And you can tell that he's like hopped up on Coke. And you can tell that like he's not very genuine like he used to be. And things are just like not the same for him. And you can already start to see like that downfall you can with, really with Dirk Diggler. But at the same time, you can also see that it's like Amber is kind of exploiting this deliberately. Yeah. Well, it's which it, is like it, a really interesting. It really like, kind of shows like tidbit because like, you know, she's like the mother figure and she really does look at him like a child, especially because she's, you know, has that issue and was like I losing mean, her and child. He practically and is a child. I mean, at this point, but because he was 17 and 77. So, I mean, he's 1879 or 78. I skipped 78, 1979. He's he's he might be 20 years old when it when it's 1980 by the time New Year's hits. Right. Yeah, he's probably about yeah twenty, going on twenty one. Well, that's what it, I mean. Well, he would. Well, he says he's seventeen at the start of the film, so he's still basically a kid anyway. Yeah. I mean, he's still a kid, yeah. but uh, he can't even legally drink or whatever. I mean, he's no, been doing yeah. it, but um, no, but yeah, so, I, I think another thing too to touch on that real quick, like with that that short film, is that you kind of see the like the sort of like childishness of. Dirk Diggler in that because like he starts at one like you start to kind of see the insecurity and in his aggression like of the interviews where he's like you know jealousy just looks bad on anyone yeah. if they try to wear it or whatever like right. he, like that the end of that clip is really yeah, like it just, it's like you really feel like bad. yeah it makes him look really bad and it seems like he he knows that it's almost like he's starting to realize that his fall is happening. Right. And he's like, he's refusing to let it happen or not. Like he's in denial mm -hmm. about it. You right. know what I mean? And he's, you know, he's kind of just like the interaction between Reed and uh, Dirk when they first met. Uh, Dirk had yeah. a similar reaction, but it was just tenfold because he was like on coke and stuff. And he already kind of had that aggression in him. When he was introduced to the new kid, uh, what was it Johnny or something? Oh yeah, uh, I don't remember his name. Oh, shoot. I he replaced. He's the guy that. that replaces Dirk. Yeah, I I think it's like uh, right at the beginning of the eighties. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, that 
you know that 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 in itself is that you know um, that so <laughs> <laughs> no yeah I agree I think there's a like like there's a lot that like instantly after like after that seventy nine party it's like you instantly see that that their lives are going downhill and they're not on like a good track like Dirk's clearly fallen into drugs they show the uh the the cut of like there's the montage of of it's him and Reed. Uh, like they're waiting for Todd to get back with drugs. And like, it's another one of those fucking rule the three things, dude. The first time you see Todd walk in with the drugs and they, they cut to oh, the bag yeah. and uh-huh. they're like, they're like, yeah, they're yeah. excited. Uh, the great editing on that part yeah, too. The, super like, good. Pan, like the quick whips and the stuff. quick whips and stuff. And then this, and then you, they whip out again and he comes back they're and like, he's got put, another like bag they, they like and they're like, what took too. you so long? And they're like getting more impatient. Mm-hmm. And then the third time it cuts back and then they're like, Jesus, man, we've been waiting all day. Like they're like, they just, it, it's just another thing where it just shows like, it's a quick way to show time moving forward, right? Yeah. Like they're showing time moving on through the eighties and showing that they're like progressively falling further yeah, deeper down. And deeper and they're fur- they're falling further to rock bottom. And then yeah. um, to the point where like, I think like Dirk and um and a lot of the other like they literally like Dirk hits rock bottom literally because he starts prostituting himself. Right. Yeah. Well, the, he, gets, he has the fallout with Jack prior to that. Yeah. And, and, and moves and, out and with Reed and Todd. The big scene. Yeah. When he he gets really jealous of the other guy. He goes outside. Says he wants to shoot a scene now oh, because he's having right. dick problems because yeah, of the drugs. Yeah. Because he can't get hard. He can't. He can't get as hard got, as he used to be able to. He's having some dick, dick if bar, you will. Bar, Yeah, some drug dick. I mean, coke co- dick. Coke, coke, coke dick. dick. <laughs> coke dick. So he's got coke dick, and uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work the same way. So when it's time, it has to be time. So he demands that it be time from Jack in the scene, and he throws a hissy fit because he's on drugs. He's all hopped up, and he's. Can't handle himself. He's high on coke. Yeah, coke. He's coked yeah. out of his mind. Yeah, coked out of his mind. Yeah. And I want, I want to do my damn scene. He's like, <laughs> I'm ready to do it now, Jack. I'm ready to do it now, okay? I want to do it now. I want to <laughs> do it now, Jack. Okay? <laughs> now. When I say I'm ready to do it now, I'm ready to do it now, Jack. What's going on here? <laughs> 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 but, uh, it's great. It's great. But, yeah, but I, that's not. That's just. Those are shitty Mark Wahlberg impressions. Yeah, the worst. Those are not verbatim quotes. The worst. The um, <laughs> but no. But, but no, forward. you're right. That's like he has that falling out, and then he leaves with Todd. Right. Moves in there, and, and then Reed. we see we see like progressively like you know they're doing the coke, they're doing the coke, they're doing the coke, then they're doing the music. Then you know they're they're oh, they're, try, yeah. they're trying to do the music thing and oh, and they're getting they're recording their music and everything and then we see they're fucking trying to get the the records. Uh, <laughs> so the, like, we need the tapes. We it's need like, the tapes. We, we gotta get the tapes. tapes. It's like well you guys we need, need the, the fucking pay. tapes. Like, we need the tapes to get the money. We need the fucking tapes. Okay. <laughs> We need the tapes to get Dude, the money. My favorite thing, <laughs> it's just a cool little Easter egg. There's a lot of these little things throughout the movie that Paul Thomas Anderson put in there. But that song that they're singing, um, I think it's called The Touch is what it's called. Um, <laughs> that like horrible 80s ballad. It's from <laughs> it's from the I used, it's funny for me because like it's it's nice for me because my older brother and and I would watch it a lot too growing up because he would. But there was like a, a 1980s Transformers cartoon movie 
like a VHS movie that came out and that 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 song the touch is it's from that trans that Transformers movie. There's oh a, there's yeah. a scene wow. in the movie where the actual song plays and so they put it in there like as like cuz it's just like a funny like 80s ballad or whatever. <laughs> so like I they put it in there as like a sign of the times but it was just a really cool easter egg to learn that was from the That is interesting. Cuz I love that Transformers movie, the animated the like OG cartoon movie. From the, I think it was 86, maybe. I don't know. Maybe a little bit after that. Um, yeah. Do you ever see it? Uh, the original? No. Yeah. It's, uh-uh. I mean, it's a really old movie. I I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, I just, think my, so. my older brother loved the Transformers. I don't so think I have seen it. A lot. it no. it's, a, it's a good film. It's a classic quality Transformers movie. Anyway, we're not talking about that anyway, but no, uh, but yeah, it's, <laughs> so interesting though. Yeah. It's a good little Easter egg, it right? Is. Same. Uh, there's a lot of those little things in the movie too, man. Um, yeah, there, like, are, there like is Brock Landers too. that character Brock Landers, uh, PTA had another student like mini series, like a Miami vice parody yeah. show they did. And Brock Landers was the character from that. Oh, he was yeah. like the main character. So That's he cool. brought him in and essentially he was doing like the same kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was so cool. But, uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I just love that part where they're like, that whole scene with the tapes is great because, like, the record producers tell him, he's like, you guys got to pay for the tapes. And they're just like, you don't get it, man. We need the tapes to make the money to pay for the tapes, dude. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like you, you're not getting it, man. <laughs> and then he's like, no, no, I, I do get it. And I've heard the tapes and they suck. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, then, and then they and, leave. Uh, we hear them, you know, recording yeah. the tapes and we know. <laughs> We kind of know the quality that's going to be on those tapes, and I don't think they're going to be getting any record deals or making any money with those tapes per se. Right, but, and uh, essentially, and so this is what leads to to the actual like the very literal down dark literal times, rock, rock bottom, bottom that everybody hits because like like so like so we see Dirk then after this he prostitutes himself out as he sort of was in the beginning of the movie. Yes. Just this time he's actually doing it on the streets, and he gets picked up, and unfortunately it. Does not go well for him. He he ends up literally getting getting the, he gets the the shit kicked out of him, right. and he gets beat down into the ground, and he literally hits rock bottom. Yeah, he, it's he, terrible. He gets beat down on the pavement, and he's like he's officially reached the bottom. From he was at he was way at the top, and now he's he's totally at the bottom now. <sighs> um, just sort of back to where he started, almost maybe a little worse off even. Um, but yeah, polar uh, opposite from from being on top. From winning those awards, being on top of the world, biggest cock in the world, mm-hmm. fucking winning all the awards, got his this, these new these new great fucking films that he's been making with with Jack, uh, with Brock Landers and Chest Rockwell, mm-hmm. uh, with these actual stories, actual films that mm-hmm. they've been making thus far, and he's on top of the world, and then bam. Rock bottom, polar opposite. He is at the very fucking bottom. He's in a parking lot in a truck with a stranger, someone that he doesn't even know. Hoping to get money five, for five drugs. or $10 yeah. for, for uh, jerking off or showing him his dick <laughs> and come to find out it's a guy who wants to kick his ass because 
he calls him a fag. Yeah, exactly. He does. And it's bad. It's a really it's really hard to watch that scene. It's really uncomfortable. It, it sucks. Is. You feel really bad for Dirk. Cause like cause that's like the thing where like 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 these characters are they're written so well that like even though like like is like he's living a terrible lifestyle, you still like you feel so bad for him. Right. Cause you're like like I mean, you were just a kid with a dream. You know what I mean? Like he just had a dream that he wanted to live. Yeah. And he got it, and then he got—he almost got taken advantage of. You could say. Well, he did in a way. I'm telling you, that's it was that pivotal moment with Amber uh, yeah, uh, when I she introduces really, him yeah. to the cocaine. Everything you know, bad that happens in this movie, I really think can be can be traced back to that New Year's Eve party for sure. Oh, absolutely. Because like even when Jack when Jack finally hits rock bottom in Roller Girl, it's when they're they're yeah. filming a tape. Which is say, same same scene, honestly. It's which is it's it cut is. it's cut together. It's yeah. it's brilliantly cut together. So um just my, like my favorite really sequence just portraying of the movie. like yeah. rock bottom, like a hard rock bottom for for all parties yeah. involved. One of my favorite sequences um, of the movie. Essentially, sure. just uh really good sequence, really dark and fucked up sequence, especially yeah. with roller girl. Uh, in the limo yeah, there, they're in, in the Jack. they're in the limo, and it's this really dark, fucked up moment. It's when really hard to watch. They're trying to film on videotape, and they find some stranger on the street to come and try and hook up with Roller Girl on camera, and it just it's really dark. It ends up being the guy from the beginning of the film that went to high school with Roller Girl. Yeah, super uncomfortable. He says some nasty things about her. Says yeah. a real name, and just. Is it's just fucked up? Yeah, it's really it's it's uh, the way, definitely the way that in, it, in my it, yeah. It is it is a really like you know it's a really dark scene, but it really portrays that rock bottom. Yeah, it's uh, a really dark. It's and, it's a little hard to watch. Um, and because like, it I is. just well the the biggest thing about the sequence that makes it like hard for me to watch is like like the i mean obviously what's going on in the subject matter but just the the music that he has playing there it's the same like droning like 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 thumping kind of like low like beat that's going on just like a drum mm -hmm. and with like a little bit of synth under there and it's just like really eerie and really really unsettling and you're seeing like all this terrible stuff happen like it just it it adds to it so much more for me with the music there but um yeah it's it that scene is really it's really upsetting and it's hard to watch and it's yeah. it's sad to see like um like what happens with roller girl and like uh, a phenomenal acting by heather graham in this scene where like you see her kind of like realizing that 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 he knows who she is, but she doesn't want him to know that she knows right. that. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So you see, like, you can kind of see the look on her face where she's like, "Oh shit, this kid recognizes me and knows who I am." But and then she still has to go through with it anyway. Yeah, it's, and you just see this disgusted look, and she and just, just it, it's really it's this, really uncomfortable, like like handheld yeah. footage, like stock film. Jacks like sitting in the background, and mm -hmm. it's like. It's like, it all, he's like, you got to stop blocking her from the camera, man. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah, it and is. It's really uncomfortable. And then it all just amount, it builds up. It builds. It amounts to it, him getting kicked out. And then Jack coming out and kicking this guy's ass. Because, yeah, because he says, he uh, says something about. At the about, same time that literally Dirk Diggler is getting his ass kicked. And it, it cuts and between, it's between cut the two. between it, the two scenes. 
does it even um, cut to show? Because it shows like I mean, Jack's obviously beating down on someone. I wonder if it cuts at all. Oh, I, I didn't if it, I didn't check or see, but like it cuts to like sort of impose that like Jack's like beating up Dirk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in a, in a way, like it's like Jack beating down on on Dirk for in essence, it's like finally all catching back up to him or whatever. <laughs> but uh, but no, and then and even then, like because I think the kid. Like the kid gets kicked out. I don't remember his name, and he gets kicked out of the limo. And then he says something to Jack about how like your new films suck anyway, and that like the only thing Jack has is his ego in his films, right? So he yeah. jumps out of the car, and that's when he starts beating the shit out of the kid. Okay. And then, and then Roller Girl. I mean, she totally killed him, right? There's no way that kid lived because because Roller Girl. I just, don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure. It yeah, doesn't it doesn't. Really it say. doesn't show for sure. The I would imagine still, someone would be wanted for murder if. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. Well, yeah. Someone. No, I guess did, he did. Yeah, die. she did fuck him up though. Because she just saw him laying there and was like, I don't know. She just decided she was gonna take her years of 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 hardship out on him. Yeah. And just like she just went off, started stomping him in the face with a rollerblades, yeah. dude. It was a gnarly scene. That 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 sequence, that whole sequence was gnarly. But then at the end of it, we get kind of like the uplifting tone with Buck. Well, I he guess goes into yeah, the yeah shop. it's an uplifting tone in a way. It's an interesting scene. It's a, it's a really uh, because like so like we see all these rock bottom moments, these like yeah. really dark, fucked up scenes in these people's lives, all these people hitting rock bottom that we've seen just kind of like coasting through like the good times thus far. And then this scene with Buck, it's, it's another kind of like rule, rule of threes thing. Like we saw, you know, Buck, uh, the, the two times prior, uh, Mm -hmm. him, uh, working at the, uh, the audio, the 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 stereo shop, the stereo shop. And he gets fired from that job. And, you know, we see him periodically throughout, but like the main times that we kind of see him and then he's trying to get the loan to open up his place. He couldn't get it. And then the third time he walks into this diner and it's getting robbed. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is like what happens right here, right at this, uh, right, right. Uh, after these dark scenes and it's kind of like the icing on the cake. He just starts, uh, walks into this place and all of a sudden it's getting robbed and he's got a gun to his head and he does, he just stands there and he's just trying not to get killed. He's just trying to buy donuts, uh, man. Literally just trying to buy donuts. For him and his wife, not, his pregnant know, wife. His pregnant wife, you know, yeah. and, and, um, and all of a sudden guy gets his head blown off, not Buck. The uh, the uh, guy working in the diner. Yeah, the clerk. The the like the it's a, so there's the dude that runs. Or, or, that walks no, into I'm the sorry. Store. No, no, I'm I'm sorry. It's it's the it's the killer or the the robber. Yeah, the, the robber other guy walks blows in. his head off. Yeah, because there's because so 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 Buck walks in. There's a dude sitting at a table eating, and yeah. there's the 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 clerk. And then the Buck walks in, and starts table. ordering donuts, and the robber walks in, and then um, basically he pulls the gun out, and uh, Buck's just like standing there off to the side with his hands up, and then the robber points the gun at the clerk, tells him to start getting all the money, and then the that's when the bystander dude just sitting there eating pulls out his gun, and he shoots the robber in the in the head. Which yeah, and, causes and him to react. Blow all yeah. over. Well, no, that because that causes him his him he gets shot, and then him 
getting shot reacts to him shooting his gun, which shoots the clerk in the head, and all of the clerk's brains go all over Buck's oh, face. Oh, that's how it happens. And that's okay. how Buck gets covered in blood and everything. But then at the same time, um, I think that because the robber shoots, no, no, oh, no, that's not what happens. The robber gets shot. His shot goes off and hits the dude who shot the robber. And then the guy shoots his gun again, I believe. And the clerk gets shot in the head. Somehow the clerk gets shot in the head. Somehow they all die. They all die except for Buck. And And Buck Buck is covered in blood. And he sees the money that the robber was going to take. And I mean, I mean, he just takes, he takes it. it. I would have done it too. I would have totally taken it. And the money. bam, he got the money. And he opened his stereo shop. He opened his shop. That's some dirty blood money that he opened the yeah. stereo shop with, literally. But I mean, no one's going to know, right? I would have done the same thing. I mean, at that point, you're not even involved in the matter. It's like you were never there. So Buck opened up his shop and got everything. Uh, that he was looking for, essentially. You know, it, it was his big character arc. He yeah. literally got what he always wanted, which was to open up his own sound shop, uh, which was uh, or audio stereo shop. Yeah. And it was called, what What was the title? It was a great title. It was a great uh, name for his uh, oh. place. Uh, Buck's. Buck's Super Stereo World or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think um, it was, uh, I think shoot, you're I think, I think Do you're I have right. it written down? It was Buck's Super Cool Stereo Store. Oh, Buck's Super Cool Stereo Buck's Store. Buck's Super Cool Stereo Store. All right, there we go. I like it. That's so, what he named it. This is a uh, fantastic great, name. Great name. Uh, he had cool. a vision, and he followed it. And he actually, uh, you know, over the course of the movie, like, you know, essentially he is the same person, but he always had a vision, and he obtained that vision. And he also built a life around it because he had a child t- by the end with uh his with his wife now um who was uh what was her name Jesse she was she was another another star another yeah, one another, of the, the Jack star Horner the stars yeah and uh so yeah he his life had changed uh a, a bit to that point he had he had a nice little character arc there whereas you know, you know a lot of the other characters they, didn't have they met at the new year's party those. too they met each other at the new year's party is when they first yeah. started hanging out because that was yeah. when Buck had his new like uh, like on gospel look he was going for yeah there and uh uh and uh and that's when they met and started talking and interestingly then, enough yeah yeah well I I think that's something to say it's like the like the whole time that everything bad's happening for everyone else like like I mean I wouldn't say good things are happening to Buck but like Buck isn't getting like he's not having nearly as bad of a time as these other people. It seems like, yes, he does. He totally gets a shutdown for getting the loan at yeah. first. Well, he de- he's just his... dealing with racism. Well, yeah, well, it's yeah. Racism. Li- life, and also you know? just the just fact that he's a porn things, star, you know? even when he worked at the audio shop. Well, the porn star thing too. Yeah, definitely a big thing, but it's, it's a little bit of both for sure. I think obviously no, the por- for sure. working in the porn industry, people looked at him differently for that. I well majorly. And, and that, that, that was, I think a bigger deal than the racism part, but there was definitely some uh, race, racist no, comments with that he had to deal with, especially yeah. at the at the shop that he where the boss the is like, "You got to stop playing that honky shit, yeah. you dig or whatever." Yeah, like you like, dig, yeah, you know, it was like, really it was, bad. Yeah, not you know, and it's just one of those you know things. No, but. clearly, yeah, well, clearly that's like I'm, but that's what I'm saying. It's like he, uh, like 
like at the same time we're seeing every time we see all these bad things happening to everyone else we're seeing relatively good things happen to buck right like like the first time we see dirk at the party buck uh like at the first party buck's talking with becky and she's like she's like listen man you got to try to like find something new like this cowboy shit yeah, is old right. it's played out you got to find something new well it's funny then then you see buck talking to maurice inside the house uh in a scene like after that at the same party you know and maurice you, is yeah. like maurice is like oh, oh i mean i say just wear whatever you want he's like yeah that's what i say he's like just be you just yeah be cool. yeah you exactly know, wear, right you know? yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was fun actually it was a great scene too uh, maurice answers the phone the phone rings and it's like some kid looking for his ma maggie and, well, he's looking for maggie. Yeah, maggie so then it's a really funny scene actually like you think he's like trying you know to, to find Maggie, you know, because he like mm -hmm. he's like here, uh, watch that, and and uh, Buck watches it literally. Well, though, but and, then, and then he goes and he go, just goes out to the living room. He's like, hey, is there, is there a Maggie here? Yeah, well, is there any Maggie? And then well, he turns around and Maggie, Maggie, but he doesn't go anywhere else in the party. He goes yeah. nowhere else in the party. No, dad. it's funny, but like, it, like, but it's also no, no like Maggie the here. other thing about it is that like he doesn't care that it's Maggie because he doesn't know anybody named Maggie because he doesn't know that Amber is Maggie. That yeah. was Amber's son trying to call her. Yeah, okay, yeah, to right. talk to him because because right. the night before it showed her trying to call. She called her husband. And she's crying on the phone. Because her husband wouldn't let her talk to her son. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And then, and so then, like, like it's funny that Maurice just doesn't look, but it's also like, holy shit! Like yeah. he just doesn't know that her name's Maggie. Right. It's terrible. And it but hurts it's, so it's, much. It's such a. It's an you know, interesting it's scene. Yeah. Like, well, that yeah. Well, it's that's dramatic irony, right? Yeah. Is that we know something that the characters don't, right? Right. Right. But it's so. It's just there's so many good tropes of writing in this movie, all all over the place, dude. It's like. He should he should teach about this movie in in class. Yeah, so, well, stuff. just just but I mean, I on every it's kind of like a master class in a way in in some filmmaking techniques yeah. and acting. Oh yeah, um, because it's just so good on so many levels. Uh, but yeah, really. So to kind of go back to uh, rock bottom, what we were talking about with um. Everybody else, though, right after, you know, the uh, scenes with Buck, we have, um, you know, in the robbery, uh, we have Dirk uh, and Todd and Reed all going to the house right. and having they the do. great they, classic the scene with the sequence. firecrackers my and Jesse's scene. girl playing. My favorite scene of the whole oh movie. My God, I don't think scene, I can dude. ever listen to Jesse's girl ever again without thinking of this scene in dude, the movie. Iconic scene, dude. It's, it's what a, what a scene, dude, the firecrackers. It's like, and it's so funny too, cause it doesn't even tell you what it is. It's just like, it's all, it's happening the whole time that you're there. Dude. It's just, psh, it just, yeah. Psh, yeah, well, so the best part, so I love this scene. This is my favorite part of the movie. So the part we're talking about is it's it's uh, it's toward the end of the movie. It's the part where we pick up with, uh, like, after, like you said, it's after Buck gets his money to start his shop and everything from, like, witnessing that, like, robbery slash murder at the, the right. donut shop there. But so Todd and Reed and... Dirk all pull up to this house because Todd's got this plan that that he doesn't tell Dirk and read right, about. Right. He's just like, we're gonna go in there and we're gonna sell this guy fake dope because he's because he, they they show that they're like cutting the dope with like something else to try to 
make it so they can sell more to make more money, right? Right, right. Um, but so they sell all a sketch, fake dope. All sketchy. Yeah, it's not a good, super, not a good super thing. Super sketchy. And not, it, not it's the greatest a plan. Super good, like like with one of those like three sixty shots around the table where the gang's making oh, the yeah. plan. Oh yeah. About like it's like we're gonna go here, we're gonna do this, and it's like, dude, you sure this is a good idea? <laughs> it's like, yep. But so they get there Great and idea. um, they get there and the car's all smashed up. Yeah, which which is so funny. We, we'll talk about it in a you second. Don't know, yeah, you're like, yeah oh, there's a deleted the scene. Car, yeah, they, they show up in a crash yeah. car and they like it's funny because there's no explanation the yeah. car is just trash it's just fucked nowhere. Up. <laughs> but uh but they walk into this this like rich dude's house and um like they see there clearly like they show you that there's a bodyguard with a gun and they just walk into this house where music's blaring there's firecrackers going yeah. off all over the place Really unsettling. Um, really unsettling. And also... <laughs> like, if I'm there, I'm like, my anxiety's through the roof. Well, I'm like, fuck. Exactly. What kind of dude, shit am I in all, right now? Like, the actors, like Mark Wahlberg and uh, I think John C. Riley too, they had said in interviews and stuff that that scene in particular was one of the worst scenes they've ever filmed in their life because they were in that room for hours. And the whole time they were in there, that dude was throwing firecrackers around with no warning no sign, like just randomly, just throwing them around. So, like the reactions of them jumping in the scene are very, like they're authentic. very authentic because they don't know when they're coming, in, when they're coming, or like if they're gonna stop or keep happening. And it really, like, it made them all like actually feel on edge for the scene. Just like the loud music and everything too. It's it's so good. So it turns into this scene where like the the it kind of escalates like the the whole time the firecrackers are going off, the music's getting louder. Um the the dude who's actually it's Alfred Molina, the guy yeah. who plays Doc yeah. Ock which in the Spider-Man movies. Um which is, just blows my mind cuz at least for me I hadn't really seen him in much before the Spider-Man movies in my life um personally, but that's yeah. cuz I'm a young kid. But anyways, um, <laughs> it's just, it's so great. And it, it just blows up because like you see throughout the scene that the firecrackers are setting everyone on edge. Like Todd especially is starting to get like really tweaked out. Right. And he pulls a gun out and he tries to, he says that they want to rob him. And then this, this crazy shootout ensues. Yeah. In the house, um, something that you know Dirk and Reed are like they want no part of. They, they don't even. They're, yeah. they're like not. Don't even really want to be there. They're just there because Todd's just like, got to do this. We got to do. Yeah, this. they didn't this. want anything to do with it. They were like Todd, just give him the dope and let's leave because yeah. they already were sketched out because they knew that it yeah. was fake. Right. And then they saw the bodyguard testing it over there in the back, and then that's when everything kind of went to shit. And then Todd pulls out his gun and he shoots, yeah. shoots Alfred Molina. And then he gets shot and Dirk and Reed hide behind the bar. And then everybody else, I think, gets shot. Todd ends up getting shot with a shotgun by, dude, by the owner of the away. house, dude. And the other dude just, I think Todd lights up the, the bodyguard himself. He yeah. kills the bodyguard himself. But what just like a crazy sequence and just. Or does it, he kill him? No, he totally, he does. yeah, he kills him. Everybody dies except for Reed and uh, yeah, Dirk. And Dirk, and they get away. Maybe the, the maybe car. the does maybe the kid throwing the fireworks. Yeah, but it's the uh, oh, it's the it's the dude with the 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 owner is shooting at him when they drive away because the owner killed Todd after Todd Todd oh. killed 
the bodyguard. Yeah, okay. Right? Because yeah. Todd, because the owner ran into his bedroom yeah, he, or okay. his office or whatever and closed the door to get his shotgun, clearly. Yeah. And then Todd, like, killed the bodyguard and went to go into the bedroom and he kicked the door open and just got blown away. Yeah, um, right. But, yeah, I think, and then um, I think pretty much after that, what what that's pretty much I think that's pretty much so, the end. That's like the real rock bottom. That's where like they I think the dark times kind of stop. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Yeah, because I think right after that, I mean he really realizes what kind of fucking shit shit and trouble he's getting into, and yeah. how he really like that. That's just messed up. He has no other options at that point, so he has to return to Jack. So he returns to Jack at that point, and well. It's not that he has to return to Jack. He he's like he, he sees wants no other to. Re- well, he sees no other option, and he and he, the only he the, the only option he sees is his family to go back to, which yeah, is his Jack family. and everyone yeah. else in the first place. And they Correct. accept him with loving, open arms, dude. I love. Yeah, they do. I love the last shot through Jack's house, where like like I like where where the scene. It's another one shot. I, I, all of the shots in Jack's house are pretty much one shots. Right. I love it. But, well, and they really like the one shot. Really like is another really good teller of like the family and the connection. Yeah. It, like it, it's like, it's an interesting thing. Like we, like when there is no cut and it's all connected on one reel. Yeah. It shows that connection in a way. It kind of signifies through the camera work that yeah. like these people are all like connected. They're all like one on the same wavelength. So like when it shows these long one takes, like, especially at the end, but at the other parties when it does them and things like that uh, with all these characters. But then at the end when it shows all these characters and like just how they're all family, they're all always together. They're working together. They're living together. They're well, hanging yeah, that's out what, together. That's what I love about this last shot is it shows Jack as like the dad walking through his house. Right. And just like, like he goes to his wife and he's like, I got the most beautiful, like I'm looking at the most foxy woman in the right. world. And then he he tells Roller Girl he's like you got to clean your room it's yeah, too dirty right. and stuff right like exactly it's like literally Playing like father figure yeah he's that, talking to his house. family and they're all like a big happy family yeah like it's they, just it's just a different type of family they found it's they adapted industry. to their new life right yeah. they mm-hmm. they were on top and they lost it they all lost it for a minute but in the end they realized and remembered that family's the thing you have in the end when you right. don't have anything else. Uh, and so that's who you'll have to go back to when you can. And that's like, and, and also I, I think another really important thing about family with this movie is that like family doesn't mean like the one you're born into. Like you, you can choose your family, like a family is something that can be chosen for me for, you know what I mean? Right. Like, for anybody. Yeah. Like, like Dirk, like legit, like especially he left his actual family and he found his new family where he felt he belonged and was really loved and appreciated and accepted. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think that's true for, for all of us. Like, like you, everybody should find that group of people that they feel truly loved and accepted in and where they belong or whatever. And I think that's, it's again, like, like one of the biggest themes of the movie and why it's such a good movie that we can connect to and relate to like on top of it being about porn you know what i mean right like i don't know i like (laughs) oh yeah but uh 
But yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, on top of everything else, just like you were saying too, with the film work and everything, along with the one shots, um, like there's so so much in this film that just it makes it feel like I don't know, like alive to me. I don't know, like like I I I've said a lot about it too before in the like talking about it in the past, like along with the one shots, just a lot of the wide shots that he has in the film. There's always a lot of stuff going on in like the background of the the shot as well that that sort of adds a lot of like I like to say depth to the image like 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 for me in particular one is the first scene where where Roller Girl and Dirk are about to have sex on Jack's couch um and like we with the wide shot is like Jack and Dirk sitting on the couch like talking to each other, but the oh, whole time, girl in the background. yeah, the whole time you see roller girl, like just roller skating around the house, doing whatever. And Amber's kind of walking around there a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And it like, it just, to me, it, it puts me, it, it puts me into the film more. Like it puts me more into the movie because I, uh, I, I'm like, I'm seeing everything going on and seeing that it's like, it's, like it's like real life. Like you're sitting in a right. room and you see everything else going on still in the background. Yeah, it really like, just puts you in the moment. Yeah, it just puts it captures you in, in, the in, moment in, really well. Yeah, and it keeps it all together. And I think that like that happens a lot in the movie. Like even when it does, when yeah. like I pointed out to you earlier when uh, uh, Jack is talking with um, the Colonel and uh, I can't remember his character's name, Philip Baker Hall. When they're mm-hmm. talking about how porn's going to tapes, and Philip Baker Hall says he's like, "Listen, I'm a simple man. I like simple things like butter in my ass and lollipops in my mouth, right, or whatever." Right. And then, and you see the colonel in the background like start cracking up and too, cracking just like up, you yeah, do, right? right? Like it's just, it's it's just so it's I love funny. I love that depth of of the filmmaking that goes into it. Like mm-hmm. even with the one shots and everything, like those are all really people there, like doing extras and stuff like that. Like yeah. It's all a huge scene to like really bring it to life and everything. And I just, I love that so much. It mm-hmm. gets me going, dude. It's, yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's, I love, I love seeing it. It's great, it, dude. dude. The, so, the, when a, when a filmmaker cares enough and puts, uh, pays attention to every little detail that will be shown on screen uh in such a an articulate manner um is really refreshing to see and pta pta is one of those filmmakers that will do that time and time again yeah i i could really um, tell like can just trust that watching the film like everything's got a reason to be there right. like even down like even down to the music like every like like there's so much with the songs that he, just he, know, he knows he knows what he wants. Yeah, he's know? got he's, he's, he's got a really vision got a clear vision, a and he knows vision. what he's doing. Like like with Roller Girl, like like when uh, <laughs> when they first have when Roller Girl has sex with Dirk, and the the I got a brand new pair of roller skates, I got a brand yeah. new key song starts playing. Right, it's like funny because it's like she's got a brand new pair of roller skates in the sense that she's got a new ride of like Dirk being the new ride, right? Or like, um, or with other things like, like Boogie Shoes is playing at one time, um, like during the montage of like, I think they're like success of the seventies and Boogie Shoes is playing and it cuts to like a scene where Dirk starts talking about how he got these like really cool dancing Uh shoes. Right. Um, there's like so much of that in the movie and I just, I love, like, I love it 
Cause that's how I look at like when I, whenever I think about putting music together for a film, it's like, I want, I want the song that's playing to have something to do, like literally yeah. have something to do with the scene. Like, like <laughs> I want the song that's playing to literally have something to do with the scene in the sense that like, like he's playing boogie shoes when the character's literally talking about having boogie shoes. Right. Or, um, or like that stuff or like um or at the end the, at the end the last song he plays is God only knows by the beach boys which is like God only knows what I'd do without you mm-hmm. and it is showing how everybody kind of comes back together and they all need each other cuz they're all a family and they all have that same like sort of thought as like I like what what am I doing without these people you know what I mean um mm-hmm. But yeah, I I mean all in all dude, it's like it's there there's so much that we can analyze about this film. It's it's really good. I love every second of this movie. I just never want to stop watching it. Yeah, man. And there's I just want to keep watching it and analyzing it and just I don't know, man. It's so good, right? Dude, I <laughs> I agree 100%. It is. It's it's awesome like we said a thousand times already. Um <laughs> but uh no Dude, something else we didn't even touch on, like during the dark times, you find out, you know, the colonel, he's got some dark things oh, going on he in does. his life. And like, so like, it really does like, you know, like you see characters really hit rock bottom, but like his character, like you see, he's got like a really dark side to him. Yeah. Um, And I don't think it's signifying anything like, you know, all people that are, you know, in that industry or anything like are like that. It's just, you know, you have your bad apples in every yeah. facet of life and, and that's one of them. And, uh, and he was just one of them. I don't PTA wrote that in there, and well, it's just another you know sign of the dark times, essentially. Exactly. Is. And, and was, you know, you had you had your uh, you could kind of tell like the way that they were grooming kids, and that like he was in charge of things because he had the money. He mm-hmm. was the one who fronted the money for the film, so like, well, yeah, he kind of like probably was the one who essentially like ran how things went and how Jack and how Amber like approached things, how they brought in new talent, how they groomed these new young kids, how they went out to find these new young kids uh, who were, you know, 17, 18 years old, very young. Um, And, you know, so the Colonel, like you had these already kind of like intentions shining through because this is what they already did for that industry, but obviously his intentions were a, a lot darker than that because he liked girls that were younger. Than yeah, that. well, yeah, well, yeah. Um, essentially, he gets he gets arrested because he he brings a girl home who ODs who and he calls the cops yeah, and the cops and then search his house and they find that he's got like images of kid porn. Yeah. And stuff, and it, it's it's again, and it's, she was it's heartbreaking too. for Jack. Yeah, she was underage, and it's heartbreaking for Jack because I really think the Colonel was like one of his like friends, you could say, his yeah. best friends. It's a gi- gigantic disappointment to him. Yeah, but, well, and like that's um, another just sign of the end for Jack. Like, yeah. like now, now he has no choice but to go to tape because yeah, right. he's now lost all his money that he had before. Right. Uh, because his friend is a pervert. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah. And then, um, I, I just, I love that, that dark sequence so much. Cause I, I love just how it, it really signifies the rock bottom for everyone. And like literally in a sense too, for most of them, 
where like they like the characters in some way or another find themselves actually like physically on the ground and having to like pick themselves or get themselves back up and like realize that they're at the bottom that they're 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 not getting any lower than this and they've got to try to like figure out what to do or even then they don't even realize i guess cuz after that happens that's still cuz after that is when Dirk and everyone go to uh the house to get the drugs and get involved in those murders. Yeah. Right. So even then they're still not really like learning their lessons so much as they are just like, uh, just accepting what's going on so much as like, I guess I see now after talking about it here at first so much, like starting the podcast, I wasn't really sure on the whole, like no story arc thing. And that Paul Thomas, like Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, he says himself that, that there's 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 no character story arcs by like design like no one really changes as we've said right. throughout the podcast and it's like yeah it's it's or it's really true like no yeah, one it is. Like, it, the only thing that changes is their life around them they don't they don't change themselves just everything around them changes and they they sort of refuse to accept the change at first and just like they're forced to basically because right. they like, finally reach the bottom and they can't like go any further down, so they just have to. They're forced to turn around and accept and go, where they are. Yeah, and ex- yeah, it's an, yeah, basically, yeah, exactly yeah. that. And really, like you know, all these characters, they are who they are, and they're going to be who they're going to be. And that was essentially kind of what PTA was saying here. Like, yeah, they you know had you know they were who they were, and they were always going to be who they were going to be. Uh, who, you know who they were, essentially. It's essentially just how do you deal with your life ending, pretty much. Not ending like per se, but how do you deal with like 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 your life drastically changing to where there's nothing you can do about it? Yeah, right. Because that's essentially that's what happens to them. Their their life changes. They go from the top they, one day to like one night yeah. they're on the bottom. You know what I mean? Right. Like instantly, it's like. Like their careers are like are like little Bill. Their careers get sh- they shoot themselves in the head yeah. after the nineteen eighties. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, yeah. Like I was saying, yeah. It's like them. You know, they they they'll change, but they'll always stay the same. They'll go through the times that are changing around them. They'll change within those times, but they'll always be who they are. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think and so. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's really, that's really and, true. And yeah. like, it's like, it's like they they all have a line that they're on. Just look at it as like one straight line mm-hmm. and like one linear path, and that's all they can ever be on. They can go up, they can go down. They can be at the top of their game or at the bottom of the game. They yeah. always only be able to go up and down. They'll never be able to go sideways. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And yeah, I agree. I think that is that is you know, exactly because they yeah. are who they are, they never change. Like they'll change with the times, but will they it be to the best really, of their ability or to yeah. the worst to the worst like at the at the rock the, bottom? The then. the one thing too that's nice is that like like it's it's cool because no one no one really changes, yet everyone's still kind of like 
gets what they want in the end. Like, like it, like throughout the film, we get these hints, obviously like, like with Reed, like how he does magic and he's got a passion for magic outside of porn with like doing magic tricks. Right. Right. And at the end, he finally has a magic show that he's doing because he can't focus on the porn so much. Right. Um, And then same with like, like roller girl, like she's talking with uh, like Amber is after Dirk leaves when like right. Dirk leaves and she's like, okay, Amber's going to be my, or like roller girl's going to be my daughter now. And they're yep. talking and she's like, oh, I want to get my GED and I don't know, see what I can do with that. And Amber it, tells her, yeah, you should do and it. And then she gets it at the end of the movie. Yep. She, she, we see her taking the test and we don't know if she gets it, but she at least makes the effort to try yes. to get the GED. Like she said, she wanted to. And, um, and like it, it even, um, it's like Dirk, Dirk still becomes Dirk's, the star yeah, he wanted to back be. to being who he wanted to be originally and always was. And, yeah. And got back to, I mean, we don't know if he got back to being on top. We don't know like where that went to. <laughs> no, he was definitely uh, on top. But I mean, he was, you know, when he was in his prime, he was, he might he be a bottom be on guy top, though. You so know? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> No, no, yeah. But yeah, I agree. that being said though, uh yeah, dude. I that's you know, we get to see his massive cock right there. I know, the, I'm at, so glad scene. I'm so glad they showed his um, cock at the end. Because I was really like thinking the whole time, I was like, they're not gonna show us. Like we're not gonna see it. And then it just what an epic reveal, man. Like I just I just the whole the framing of it, like just the whole speech. Yeah. Or not even a speech, like he just he's running through his character's lines and he's just like talking to himself in the mirror as Brock Landers. Yeah. And he's it, you could it it's just so good. It's and then he does his great. little he does his little karate thing that he always did, you know. In the <laughs> and mirror. then he stands up and he just he whips his cock out. Yeah. And he's well he whips like, his cock out first and does all that and then he puts it away. He does his little karate thing. Thing. Oh, he does do that at the end. You're yeah. right. He does and then the he walks out, and that's it, man. He says Roll something credits. too when he pulls out his cock. What does he say? He says like, "I'm the greatest," or like, "I'm the best." Or yeah, like he that. says like, uh, he says just yeah, something you're, so you're man. It's, or, it was just, I don't know. It was so, it was so worth it, dude. It was like just like there was no better way to end that film than showing us the massive cock. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. Right. I wouldn't, I, I couldn't. It's funny because like you said earlier, it's like another period, you know? Yeah. It's like a hard period, it's, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a hard just, dick. It's a hard. Well, it's not a hard dick. It's a soft dick. Yeah, it's, I, dude. But it's, it's a hard way period. bigger when it's Soft hard. dick, hard period. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> like, you're right. Like it's, it kind of puts a, you know, puts a stamp down, you know, and it's yeah. a great way to end the movie too, because, you know, like, like you know, the, the driving force of the movie was really just the character uh, the character interactions, the human emotion with one each other, the human relationships that they had with one another, uh, flowing through the seventies and eighties porn industry. Yeah, it's really just and, like a, uh, it's a tale on on like how like porn stars yeah. reacted to the fall of their industry, right? And you know, and fan like touched with family and things like that too. Yeah. Obviously, we talked about it, but um. But yeah, so that that's you know it's, it's like a it's a great way to put a nice fucking hard period right yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's a good hard uh, stop on, to the movie, right? The it's film. a good like, it, it's like, it really it you know, really cause, leaves you because everything really centered around. It's you know, a, Dirk Diggler really, came in the picture and like he changed the game for everybody. 
Yeah. And things were different yeah. with Dirk. He he changed so, the world with his dick. He, he literally did. made he changed the world with his cock. He did. He did. He's a legend. He's he is. He is he's the one true I don't know, king, man. He's just the he's, best. He, well, he's the king of cocks, I guess. He is the king of cock, that's for sure. Well, I guess he's John <laughs> well, Holmes. I don't know. John I don't know if he'd appreciate the title king of cock. John Holmes. Because people mean, might take that a different way. Yeah, you're probably right. He's the king of of large cocks. We'll say that. How about that? that I don't know if better. that's better. Anyway, yeah. Fine. <laughs> it's just you're right. It's it, it's another one of those like and I think that's just another like a like testament to Paul Thomas Anderson's just like genius filmmaking and and yeah. just like like it 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 like it really leaves you satisfied at the yeah. ending. Like it's you you really I I don't know, man. I don't have any there's no like real dull points at all in the film that I can think of that give me any like like I was like why is this happening what's going on here why are we seeing this happening or whatever you know what I mean like, right all of it is so well paced I love the pace I love it when a movie I said this the last episode too I love I love it when a movie is paced well and you don't feel yeah. like you're sitting there for three hours watching it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this movie's just, almost three hours long. And even when I watched it with like my brother and his girlfriend, they were like, this is two and a half hours long. I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was exactly. Like, I know man. it's long it's, like his dick. Yeah, everybody feels that same way too that I know that I've seen it. They just like, they, they're able to, you can, you can basically, anytime the movie's on, you can turn it on and enjoy it. And you, From that point you can forward, really connect and it just to plays so yeah. well too. You can connect to a lot of the movie in a sense because there's a lot of the family tropes that we've all like like we've all been through things like that where we thought we were on well, yeah, top in like one some, situation and then the, the next day we're not. And we yeah. got it we had to recover and adapt to the change and either change ourselves or yeah. just or accept the change and move forward with it right, right. like everyone else had to do in this movie like everyone else had to do in this movie um and that's why i think it's it's really it's it's just another reason that i love that it's about the porn industry because it's just like like it's like it's a cha it's a challenge to bring that up and and make us relate to it yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, the only way I ever think about porn is is in really inappropriate ways that shouldn't be talked about on a podcast. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never thinking of porn as, like, a family tale. Yeah, right. You know what I right. mean? Like, um, and, and that's that's why I'm thinking I about just, the behind the scenes. Yeah, the I'm porn, not thinking about, the, like, the lives. You know, because they really are the actors. You know, they're actors. They're, you know, they're, well, they're you know, doing a, what we do. It's just a different do. type of thing. You know, they're doing what we, yeah, yeah. They're, do, they're doing what filmmakers they're do. Doing they're like, making a movie. Like, and, I'm Scotty, and, like, not legitimately, they're, they're, but. They're fucking each other. Yeah, the actors are fucking each other, but they're fucking each other on camera. And there's other elements that are involved and they yeah. have to like, you know, it's acting too. They're acting, you know, they like, well, and that's the whole thing. Like, that you know, Jack, sometimes things got to be cut. Yeah. Well, and, that's what Jack wanted too, right? He wanted to make real movies, right? It goes right. back to the thing where he's like, I want them to sit in their filth. I don't want them to get up. I want them to like yeah. come and stay. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and it's, it's just and so, Dirk Diggler helped make that a thing with he, his Brocklanders and yeah, he um, did. They were huge. Chest Rockwell, yeah, Brocklanders and Chest Rockwell. So, I love those names so much. Great names too. 
Great names. Um, Man, just really goes to show you the power that a name can do for you. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you got to have a good name if you're in show business, even any, if any you're in name, porn. Name, title for anything. Name yeah. for your movie, name for your show. Name for your podcast. Name for, name for yourself, name for your podcast, name for anything name at all. For, yeah, you got to have a cool name. Bad Something names aren't worth it. Something that rings. Something that rings, like Dirk Diggler. Said he wanted just it to... pops. To... Be razor sharp. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Where are we going with this? Uh, right now? <laughs> no, that's that's what Dirk. That's what Dirk Dickler said. He wanted his name to be. Oh, he did. He You're right. He did say that, yeah. didn't he? That's a quote. Yeah. My bad. My so, um, yeah. No, I mean, really, at the end of the day, though, this movie's it's really good, top to bottom. We could sit here and discuss this film all day long. Honestly, yeah. There's so many things to talk about. There are things that we haven't talked about yet. There's, there's a lot of things that we haven't There's so many things about. to go back and notice, too. Um, like just, I mean, it's two and a half hours long, and it plays like it's shorter, but it really does put a lot in those two and a half hours. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that can be it's discussed. It's a really great story. But Bucky ends, his, everybody's story ends decently outside of Todd's, you know, because he's... He dies. Well, yeah, but Todd was um, never really like. But he's not. He's of, not a main. Not a main. Todd bunch. was another was one of those like things. Like Todd showed up at the New Year's party too. Like every everything bad that happens to these people all comes back to the to that New Year's party wherever where it all first showed up. Like Todd and the drugs first showed up at the New Year's party for Dirk, right? Yeah. And then, um, like Bill killed his wife and everything at the New Year's party before the eighties. They, Jack was told that he's got to switch over to tape at the New Year's party. You know, yeah. like that whole party All was the stuff, whole. It was it was a big pivotal moment in the entire film. But uh, I wanted to just comment on the acting, honestly. Just we uh, totally we, we didn't even talk about Scotty really. No, uh, Scotty's character, is the late awesome. great Philip Seymour uh, Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, at the eighties party, he tries to kiss. Tries Dirk, to kiss really Dirk. awkward scene, interesting scene, shows him his car and stuff. It's funny. It's a great scene. Uh, but Philip Seymour Hoffman's so good in the role of Scotty, working with PTA a lot uh, throughout his career. And um, just, you know, Scotty's... Scott, Scotty's interesting because, like, what? How, how does his story end? I, I mean, he he pretty much just like he hangs out with the crew the whole time, but I think he just kind of hangs yeah, back. He's just kind of there. Mostly, Scotty's just always kind of like there. And at the end, I think he's just working with them again. I yeah, think still like his character doesn't really change much either throughout the story. He just kind of still doing the same thing. No, Scotty's literally you know, just Bucks, there the whole time. He's uh, just a weird guy that's in love with Dirk. He's the sound guy. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, in love with Dirk. And then Buck and Jesse's kid is there in the pool at the end with, uh, I think Reed is dipping him in the pool there at the end. Oh, yeah, the baby. That's right. Jesse's sitting there. Well, yeah, right at the end. And, uh, the- it's, it's such a, it's a, it's a good ending for everybody. It, well, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, they're just back to doing what they were doing before, essentially. Just like adding to the family, being family again. Uh, and it's back to just, you know, it's back to them. Just them. Yeah. Uh and uh yeah. No, at the end of the day though, love the movie. <laughs> it's great. Good I movie. love it. Like I, I really, said we could sit here talking the, about yeah, it all day. All of the acting is really phenomenal and it's 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 funny to me too again to say like with the acting is that like even like Mark Wahlberg and Burt Reynolds both they they uh 
they they just didn't have um they didn't have a lot of like high claim for the movie when it first came out they they were like sort of ashamed or like embarrassed to be a part of a movie about the porn industry yeah which is crazy because for i mean maybe not so much for burt reynolds because he obviously already had a career at at the time when he had made the movie but it 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 really um, it, it sort of like it sort of reshot Burt Reynolds up into the spotlight by getting mm-hmm. him the Oscar nomination before he passed, and then, um, and then Mark Mark Wahlberg got a lot of like I mean then this movie like this is one of next to the Basketball Diaries is this like his second or third film he did it really skyrocketed like his, his career. But I like this is one of those films that that helped to skyrocket his career up even more. And it's just it's so interesting that they would have such like bad regard on the film. I don't think they do nowadays nearly. So but and and I think that's just an attestament to like uh, it's just because it was about porn. Yeah. yeah. And they just were like, yeah, I don't want to be tied to porn in any yeah, way. Yeah, And they read the script and they just knew like the subject matter that it dealt with and how it could be interpreted. Uh, and that's why Burt Reynolds never watched the movie. Yeah. Uh, and Mark Wahlberg, you know, he was just skeptical about it at the time, but he thought it was a really good script and everything. And also he's a different person today than he was back then as well. That is he wasn't necessarily true. a bad kid at that point. Cause at that point he was obviously trying to be better, mm-hmm. but he just is different today than he was back then. So uh, he feels a little bit differently about it today. I agree. Um, just because of the subject matter again, um, which is understandable. Some people, you know, that's fine. You know, yeah. who, you know it's porn. You, it's ha- okay. you have you have your right to have your opinion about about it, and if you want to watch mm-hmm. it or not, and how you feel about the porn industry and all those sort of things. But the porn industry, uh, it's uh, whether, whether you like it or not, it is there. It'll probably be there forever. Makes a lot of money. Makes a lot of money, and these people are filmmakers acting and doing things a little bit differently and well, some yeah. people doing things quite differently, but they're still doing things. Some people are way. doing things that I'm like, how do they even do that? <laughs> like, yeah. um, but no, no, it's I just, agree. It's, 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 it's a it's thing. It's just a different type of industry. It's a different type of industry, but it's a valid, serious industry. And I think it's something that the movie paints a picture well of to show that like, like these are real people just like us that are yeah. making a living just doing it in a really more risque or taboo way than mm-hmm. than any of us might be comfortable with but i i think that's like it's a really important point to drive home with with the movie is that like like sort of as we get to wrapping up the podcast here is that um it it's it's a really really well done story of of a family of these, these, this found family, um, going through this, this really drastic change together and kind of like falling apart and losing each other at one point, but like, Mm -hmm. like knowing that they all have each other in the end and coming back together to, to finding each other, to move forward and to right to to go on with life and be like, all right, this is where we are now time to just accept it. And like maybe we don't want to change, and we tried to refuse to change, but but it's happening. We're changing now, so let's do what we can to make the best of it. Right, and then we'll be fine. And that's essentially what life is. I mean, it's it's of course do what makes you happy, but know that sometimes you're gonna get to points where shit's gonna happen that you have no control over, and you just gotta roll with the punches, baby. Yeah, just gotta roll with the hard cocks and keep pushing on. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, right? I guess. I mean, that was. Is there anything else you want to say about this this wonderful movie? No, man. I mean, ultimately, just loved it. Love PTA. Love his work. Boogie Nights, one of his greatest. Yeah. Um. Well, I can't it's say if it's just, one of it's his a, greatest. It's just a classic. I mean, I I love a lot of his work. Uh, and I mean, honestly, it's tough to really choose like favorites, but. There are some other ones that I love deeply, and, and we'll, we'll get to yeah, those. Yeah, we'll definitely but, be getting to a but, lot uh, more PTA movies. I'm Boogie movies. Nights fan, loved it. Uh, I have loved it since I saw it the first time. Um, yeah, I'm going to love this movie and, forever, and I'm probably going to watch it at least 27 more times before I die. Um, <laughs> it's a really good every movie. Time, every time it's on, I'll watch it, and, yeah. I'll, and I'll just go out of my way and watch like, it's it It's now definitely one of those movies where, like, if I see it pop up, it like, it, like, it's on Netflix right now. For those that have it, you can watch it. Um, but, like, it's one of those movies now where, like, if I see it available on something and I haven't seen it in a minute, I'm going to be like, dude, I'm watching this movie. It's, like, super bad to me. Yeah. Like, it's one of the, it's, like, one of my favorites now. Yeah. Like, I've watched it. Four times. It's like a two and a half hour movie. I've watched it four times in the last two weeks. Mm. Like it's it's really good. I love this it movie, is. and I think that everybody should watch it. I think I like if there's a movie I recommend, it's this is definitely going to be one of those movies from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that about wraps it up for this episode of the Midnight Reel, guys. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. I'm Brendan. I'm Cody. We'll catch you next time. 